Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we have a a doozy of a whopper, or a whopper of a doozy, your choice, uh, should you choose to decide. And if you choose not to decide, well, you still have made a choice. Okay, <laughs> Whew, that was good. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a while since uh, episode 98, but uh, this one should be a good one, you know? Should be a real live good one. Uh, I took a while... I took a while to think about what kind of episode to do after episode 98. And uh, after that, I had the idea. And then it took a while to assemble our schedules. After we figured that all out, we all wanted to wait until it, uh, you know, might be relatively safe to actually do it in person. I think with this group, you try to do this thing over Zoom or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, talk about, I mean, it's already hurting cats to begin with, but, woo. All right, so, what's going on? Uh, straight from the pantheon of Rio guests, uh, Mike Weldon, Jamie Hobbs, and Davin Oskvig all assembled in the same room. Well, the same general outside space, uh, at my house uh, for a conversation about running. L- loosely. Not not loosely running. I mean, loosely associated, tangential to running. Uh, running was the cause of um, the conversation. But uh, we'd be lucky if we stayed on, stayed on course. Um, so since it took so long to assemble, you know, and get us all together and figure this all out, we didn't really uh, want it to end. I mean, we were just kind of hanging out. So uh, sit back and relax or put on your buds for a long run and listen in as we meander through topics such as uh, the present day, which yawn, right? Who wants to keep talking about the present day? Uh, we talk about the past, the future, uh, racing, not racing, whatever, beer and gear, poop and planning and not planning and not planning or planning to, well, you see how that goes, poop and planning and not planning, all three of those, just arrange them however you want. Uh, Of course, we arrange them however exactly we want. Um, There's no order to any of those topics, but I think those are the ones we capture for the most part. Wait till you get to the point where we are uh, trying to figure out how uh, races are going to work next year. Boy. Anyways, we did all that while we were sitting in 100 degree sunshine, maybe rounding errors, you know, nearly 100 degree sunshine. Uh, so yeah, we might have a little bit of, um, let's call it heat exhaustion. Yeah, heat exhaustion. Uh, so just an FYI, with a sorted cast such as this, uh, expect a bit of salty language and more than a few opinions. The opinions are solely our own and are mostly conversational in nature. We uh, reserve the right 
uh, you know, and all that. And uh, expect us to be wrong about quite a few things, including our opinions. Uh, That's just how it goes. Feel free to shout uh, into your podcast player and correct us. Uh, I do it all the time um, with my podcasts. It's fairly cathartic, so I encourage you, if you feel like shouting at us, go right ahead. Shout right into your podcast player. Uh, And with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of runners just like you. So does anybody anybody know what we're going to talk about here? No. No. <laughs> like, oh, you're no, the host. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I mean, I, I wanted to put this all together, but I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't know. What do I know? You know, we're going we're gonna to talk about the old days. I know? got some weird shit going on with my toe. That we Which one? About Big? That. Yeah, both of my, both of my middle finger toes. Um, the one looks better today. I spent an hour last night just hacking away at them. That's what I do when Natalie's not around. Is I just it almost looks like you've got Morton's toe, but they're not long enough. I'm really bummed I can't see that from over here. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the part. Like people are like, "Oh, you need like new shoes." I'm like, "Bro, I fucking used to fit shoes for a living. I know what I'm doing." So I can't explain this, but. I'm down by two toenails, almost three, which is about where I usually am about this time of year. So this is how we're training for Western States for 2021. Fire up the treadmill. No, it feels all right. And that noise, gone. For now, we'll see. See, Jamie and I at least come prepared because it's just so easy to knock off another snap. My guess is it's probably actually the same model of shirt, too. I was going to say, what is yours? Is it the Patagonia? Yeah. What what do they call them? I don't even remember now. It's their their running shirt that they turned into, like, um... Yeah. It's their, like, hottest weather running... Yeah. Yep. My wife bought two of them for me, and then she's like, you can't run in those. They're too nice to be running. I'm like, what? That's the point of the show. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I figure we'll talk about some, you know, running stuff, and then we'll sort Glory of... days. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I think we can... <laughs> yeah, I don't... You know, I struggle with talking too much about COVID, but obviously it's going to come up. Um but yeah, we can talk about what you're all doing, staying fit. Talk about knees and knees and toes, <laughs> knees and toes, knees and toes. Um, maybe talk about all the big races we're not running. Mm-hmm. With four of us here, there should be one of those like every three or four minutes. <laughs> but, I, brought, uh, I brought a cooler out. So there's a race happening next weekend. Cayuga, right? Yeah. Cayuga's oh, is it actually happening? Well, at this point, at this point, still that'd be a late cancellation. I think, well, that's going to be a New York State Park call. Yeah. My guess. Well, and I would imagine it's going to be a New York State race, right? So, that are you registered? I was registered, but I when Ian last week said it's still on, I said, I'm not comfortable. Yeah. A race right now, so I'll just, I won't be there. And I wasn't expecting anything, but he's like, do you want a, a refund or a rollover to next year? I was like, well, 
Just, I was going to say just keep it, but I yeah. took the roll over just in case. Sure. We'll see. Next year it'll determine whether it's a donation or not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delayed, delayed donation. <clears throat> so, yeah, I had heard that Cayuga was still happening, and I, I was – I guess what I'm wondering is, I don't know. I guess only Ian can tell you is why. Why is it still happening? Yeah. Like at this point, I think we're all resigned to there's no races. FKTs and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much happy not racing this year, doing some FKTs. And if, you know, December looks good, I'd go do Hellgate again, maybe, or something like that. But if that doesn't happen, then fine. Make plans for next year. Right. I, I'm happy taking down all of Jamie's FKT. <laughs> exactly. As he does. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I, I think many of us are resigned to late fall at this point as the earliest that we think anything could possibly happen. And most of us are just, I think, realistic enough to, to believe that nothing's going to happen before 2021. Yeah. I thought about Ken Lake. And I was like, man, all I, I haven't, I've run trails. I did a trail run at Twisted Branch last year, and then I ran the Webster Trail Classic, and then I didn't run trails until a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that sucked when I ran trails again because it's harder. So I've just <laughs> been doing, I've been running on the roads a lot, and I thought that the Can Lake 50 would be a good idea, um, especially with Tris, Twisted Branch being canceled this year. And uh, I I think Gil said that it might actually go on, but I'm still like, what the fuck to think about it? Or I, I think it is a hard one. At least that one is just a single loop. So if you can sort of get off the start line and get out, yeah, you can maybe any and you got your own way that you're going to manage it. Um, yeah, it's possible, and it's a small enough field. I think still, it's got to be pretty spread out after yeah. the first few miles, right? Yeah, the one yeah. thing they would do, I think. Maybe it was mentioned that the so like the 50k at that race starts 20 miles into the 50 mile course, and I think they might change that in some capacity or when it starts because when that traditionally when that 50k starts, there's a shit ton of people that are just going by that part of the course, so there's a lot of congestion. Well, if they they could do a wave start and and time that differently and still keep people spread out. Yeah, and I think a lot of that still like the the wave start thing. Like when the first email about Twisted Branch came out that was like, oh, we could possibly do it this way with a wave start. And I just think about that, how that kind of fucks with the dynamic of racing yeah. and how I don't think I'd be interested in actually doing a race that was like... Um, well, I think at that point what you're looking at is you're racing yourself, which changes the, dy- the dynamics of racing. And yeah. Racing is certainly not the be-all and end-all of why we run, but it is sort of that moment in which against competition and the clock you're capable of achieving something that you just can't do on your own i don't yeah. think exactly yeah i mean i can race myself every fucking day and it sucks but <laughs> well and the the um starting wave thing for twisted branch if you think about that <clears throat> there was 175 people yeah you let 15 maybe you even <laughs> let 25 go at once uh, we already like have a long race. It's already a 20 something hour, you know, for, for the actual event, it's a 24 hour event. So to extend that start line and then to try to hurry up and get down to aid one and then mm-hmm. for the race team to try to administer that, you can't have an hour long start line. Yeah. You just, you know, I mean, and you're holding the, the slowest people 
the longest. Otherwise, the wave start doesn't make it sense. Doesn't you just got more people passing each other. Yeah. Um, so, so the dynamics of aid stations, I just think, are, are yep. too hard to manage. Um, and you think about the bowls of food that normally are a part of it, as well as people grabbing your bottles and filling them. And I've, and I've read all of the ways that RDs are approaching it, but to me it still seems like such an antithesis to the the whole idea of racing and part of the social nature of ultras particularly or trail runs that I don't know that I'm interested in having to make sure that I have a mask there and no. um you know those kind of aspects being missing or being very very different I guess ultimately for me it just doesn't feel right yeah. it just doesn't it doesn't feel like what we you know what we got into it for so i don't have that much of an issue with wave starts having run manitos and escarpment, escarpment yeah wave starts the you they do a pretty good job of putting you in the right wave i mean not everybody gets in the right wave but you know do they do that because the trail is so technical and narrow yeah that they escarpment just super important. the state actually is required Mandy, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um and so the you know the people who reasonably have a chance of, of winning are usually in the first wave, and so they're racing each other, and you might be chasing somebody in the wave ahead of you or something like that or worrying about people catching up from the wave behind you, but it doesn't make that much. They're five minutes apart. It's not that much of a difference. Right. But the, I agree. The, it's the finish line and the start line. The social interactions that happen there and that are being discouraged would have to be discouraged now seem like a problem yeah i mean simple things like porta johns and i mean they're all things that we take for granted at racing but suddenly they become these complex situations where if you're thinking about your own health or thinking about the possibility of viral transmission they become places in which that could happen and so you kind of are like I mean, they still are places where it's <laughs> true <laughs> we used to joke about <laughs> you know the the, va- the communal Vaseline at the <laughs> Now it's not quite as funny. Yeah, yeah now it's not a joke. But, I, you know, and I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people are thinking about all these things. And I, and I guess I just, I, it comes back to me like, why do we want to do it, right? You can yeah. have a group run with a couple of close friends and, and have fun. But, I mean, what is the, I want I want to pay a lot of money to have a weird sort of anticlimactic. That's the thing. Yeah, it ends up being weird. It's like the... Um, even reading about like Webster Trail Classic, which is my probably my favorite local trail race, which point. is still on at this point. Yeah, still on, and like they, I thought they did a good job of like issuing the guidelines for what the race would be. And I, you know, obviously I love Sheila and Eric for doing what needs to be done to put that on. But I just, I think about finishing that race and just like walking to my car and driving home. And I, there's not any part of me that's really super into that i do this because i like hanging out with i think the average fucking runner that's not like i know there's elite runners that'll finish a race and they like gotta go and do some shit but like most of us finish we want to hang out and talk about what the fuck just happened and what we just you know that that is a huge aspect of the culmination of all the training that we do or don't do in order to do races like this in fact the last time i saw chris was I think like the last race that was kind of run in the year, which was last man standing, mm-hmm. which very much still, even though this was, um, the, it was the brewing. virus was brewing, it was in sort of its nascent stage and everybody was joking around. It still had all of the trappings of a traditional race in the sense of people hanging out and the corporate aid station and 
all that kind of stuff. And it, it's hard to believe that that was this same year. <laughs> yeah, shit took a dive quickly. Yeah. Like I like the fucking marathon trials at my house. We had twenty five people oh, jammed yeah. into a little petri dish just laughing about COVID. It was February twenty eighth, and we're sitting there like, oh, like fuck viruses, and then. You know, a week later. Two weeks later, something Yeah, we were, we, um, I was on Ampersand Mountain, um, and I was, we, we were doing our winter camping trip on March 15th because of life, kids, and schedules. But, um, all the texts started coming in from the wives that school's canceled, school's canceled. And then I got a text from my boss that was like, uh, we're 100% working from home, you know. Well, we were, in Saranac Lake. So we were going to a bar the next day for like dinner. We hadn't planned. We were like, yeah, we're going to come off the mountain and go get dinner. So we get into Saranac Lake and the town is like empty and walk into this bar, bitters and bones. And it was hopping. It was full of people like jammed. And I was like, what? couldn't figure it. And then it like dawned on us. It's St. Patrick's day. Like, Oh, that's why the bar is, is full, you know, but right after that you start, we're coming back and, and wives are texting like, get toilet paper, toilet paper. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, what the hell just happened? You know, we like, it was in a, you know, couple of days and it, you didn't think that last man standing was going to be the last race of the year. Um, funny story about that though. We were hiking out of ampersand and I saw this, um, pickup truck with a cab on it and it had all these like, uh, women's like trail runner gear all strewn over the hood on the windshield hanging out, you know, it was like, like drying. Uh, and I'm, I'm going, it'd be funny if I knew that person, wouldn't it? You know? And then, um, Jake, uh, Sarah Kaiser's boyfriend comes walking around as we're like ungearing. And she went out that day to go do Saranac six because her race had got canceled, you know? So she was like, well, I got all this fitness. Might as well go do an FKT. I always feel like if I'm hanging out with you or Mike, <laughs> then I, you're going to know whoever is around somewhere. Like, we can go across the country and somebody's like, hey, Mike. Oh, hey, look, it's Chris. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm just like, oh, okay. It's the old, it's the old, Who the heck is that person? It's the old Wechtab factor. Yeah, it's weird. I, but <laughs> that, like, point about Sarah having all this fitness, and, yeah. like, I think you, Dobbin, I think have some fitness at this point, and I think about how convenient. This has all been for me because I have no fucking fitness to speak. Here, here. <laughs> I'm like, here, here. <laughs> well, that's Christopher Edge gets canceled. I'm like, thank God, <laughs> that was gonna be a fucking shit show. <laughs> that, that might also but, have been factored into my not not doing okay. yeah. good. <laughs> I think this year's better not. Yeah. Uh, certainly, as those texts came in and as conditions changed, my motivation to do anything kind of dropped. Mm-hmm completely off and i probably spent that first two weeks when there was no school and no work and you know everything was upside down eating and drinking too much and event eventually um and i've got really good fitness right now i just put myself on a plan because i i could see where it was leading to and i knew that the only way psychologically that i was going to manage things as well as physically trying to keep myself up was to to put myself on a serious plan and and uh to hold tight to that no matter what the weather no matter what the conditions so yeah so maybe this side of the room yeah, should you, go first were you watching me like 
descend into yeah. where from Hey, I've been trying to go. Like, man, well, it's fucked. I better <laughs> get like, on a plane. Wait, I can go that way, <laughs> or I can go a different. Yeah, way. it was weird because I hear people talk about how like the uh, when the the lockdown and all that shit first happened, people were like, "Yeah, man, I just like I went off the rails and started drinking a lot, and I was not taking care of myself and." I was home all the time. I'm like, man, I started working twice as much and still went off the rails, or because of that, and drank three times as much. And like, I think that's why I checked in with you. I think about every Friday is (laughs) because I recognize that it has been different for you. Yeah, you could and trying and trying in some ways to goad you on into to reconnecting to that, which I know helps bring balance to your life, as well as my own selfishness saying. You know, it's really time for us to have another near-death experience somehow, somewhere. Yeah. And there's nobody else that gets me into those jams but you. Yeah. Well, Jamie set that FKT where, on, you know, on and the we're FKT. We're now getting into the kind of weather that you can have that near-death experience. Yeah. yeah. Mike and I have had that very experience I'm on that it. very trail. Doing it right now. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sweating just sitting here talking to you guys. Uh, but no, I had a very similar, like, I mean, my work certainly didn't slow down. My work got yeah. stupid. And it was like, sure, I was home. I wasn't, you know, um, at work like Mike, but my work got ridiculous. And it would it would come to five o'clock and I'm like, well, uh, I'm going to work another hour. And then at six, I could either do a thing with the kids and eat dinner with the family and then sit down and have a drink or I could try to figure out how to muscle out a run. And I'm, I'm nothing if not streaky. Like I am, I'm so streaky. I'll get two weeks going really good and I'll be like, I got two weeks. And that third week gone. That's why I needed the training plan. But the other thing I've always had flexible time, which I suppose anybody that follows me on Strava is probably like, well, yesterday was a morning run and today was in the middle. It was like noon and, the next day is in the afternoon. I don't understand yeah, this guy and his mi- schedule. 20 miles on a Monday. Who knows um, that? <laughs> 20 miles on a Tuesday. But a lot of times what I'm doing is I'm working two, three hours earlier in the morning. Once I've kind of got a little bit of the backlog of work done, I'll go out and get the run in. Then I'll come back, clean up, do a few more hours of work, or just kind of squeeze it in wherever. What happened with all of this lockdown stuff was it sort of gave me the freedom, because I was working from home to do everything, to kind of just decide now seems like a convenient time. So sort of the opposite of you, where you got to five o'clock every day. I defined sort of my own schedule, and so I would take the time in the middle of the day. The one thing that it's offered me that I don't have in a typical school year is I used to have to double run every day to get in the, the mileage that I wanted. Well, all of my runs have been a single run, so I'm probably in better ultra shape than I've been in a long, long time because all of my mileage is coming as a single run. You got a 20 or 16 mile run as opposed to a couple sevens or something like that? Right, right. Yeah. Particularly on school days, I'd put my daughter on the bus and go for an eight to 10 mile run. And then before she got off the bus, I'd hook in another eight or 10 mile run. Mm -hmm. And now I'm doing a 16 as a, as a block on its own. That's the uh, that's the exact opposite of Hobbs. Hobbs is doing four or five runs. But I yeah. got one kid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's ten. So to be fair, like, someday I'll... does the does the cumulative age of your kids equal ten yet? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think it just yes. does. Right, twelve, twelve. Okay, six, four, and two. Whew, yeah, and you're and and you're lawyering from home. Is that yeah. how that's going? Yep, mostly lawyering from home. Although now it's shifted to more time in the office. Um, in the past few weeks, uh, it was just not sustainable, not enough hours of work getting done. 
um, and I've just had to find ways to shift it around. My, I guess if you want to, I've had a kind of complicated up and down relationship with running since the lockdown. At first, I was just taking advantage of, well, nobody expects me to be in the office. Um, I can push a double stroller and take care of two of them, or you know, and that way I'll run a lot. And I was hitting more consistent mileage um, than I normally do for March and April. Um, but then it just became up and down because of injuries and, and nagging issues. Um, and so it's been complicated because of that more than lack of motivation. I lost no motivation at all. As soon as I realized I had the flexibility and free time, I was like, I'm just going to run. Why wouldn't I run? I want to run. You know, I don't, I get as much enjoyment out of the training as I do out of the racing. So it didn't really change anything for me. I think one of the challenges for me is I found that, um, and I really appreciate how many people I'm seeing out. I've seen more people on bikes and walking and whatever, but the trails are choked unless you kind of really go off the grid. And so I feel much more forced onto the road if I'm being responsible about social distancing and things like that. So my miles have been really centered on the road, which is in a time where I have more flexibility and freedom, that's been really interesting. And I think, Jamie, it may have been you, it may have been somebody else that talked about trying to go to Menden and run. And it was such like a crazy, there were so many people there that it was just infuriating to even try. There's people parked all along the roads. Has that died down yet? What's that? Has that died down at all? No. I haven't been to Trailside. Well, and that's where I see something like Mighty Mosquito, which is still supposed to be on. The trails remain publicly open during that race. So not only do you have a looped course with teams, all but you've day also and all night right, during a weekend. Right. <laughs> and you have open trails. I just I don't see how you can be responsible in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have fielded, I say we because I've participated the couple of years that you've mm-hmm. you've fielded a team on behalf of no, the podcast. That's that's all of us. That's it's, and I'm gonna miss that. Let, me let, too. Let me guarantee you, I'm going to miss being at that race that that weekend. But you know what? Like, yeah, I'm going to miss it. But you know, working for a hospital, I know the number of people that are on ventilators and the number of people that are inpatients and the number. You know, like I get it. I understand. Um, so I'm I'm okay with missing it. You know, but it's going to be, it's going to be a bit of a bummer not being at that race. It's it's a huge bummer to not be a twisted branch. That's like, that's my birthday weekend every year. You know what I mean? Do you like like look back though? Like I, I feel like when I look back on the introduction period of the the pandemic, like we went from like toilet paper and food being gone to nature existed for the first time ever, apparently to the general population yeah yeah, i didn't i drove i like cut through menden one day on my way to work in the car and it was like 6 45 in the morning and there were fucking cars just lining the roads already yeah that kind of validated my um love for road running at this point and my disdain for trying to be in the woods so all my miles have been pretty much right out the door um, I have been meeting up with Garth once in a while. Like we'll do a, we'll pick some like lesser known trail, mm-hmm. like that Penfield trail behind tops or whatever. And we'll just go somewhere where we know there's not going to be a lot of people, but all my runs have been pretty much out the <clears> door <throat> and running around 
Chile doesn't have a lot of foot traffic. Yeah. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Which didn't which didn't really help me. Um it doesn't really help with your climbing legs, which is what I was telling you. Like I wanted to plan that big hike out in the Dax and I'm like, but all my fitness is in a swampland in Chile. <laughs> right. Well, and here you're getting sort of into the plane that ends up being Buffalo. So I certainly feel your pain in the sense of of having any elevation because I used to spend at least two days a week doing trails to make sure that I got in hills and elevation. Um, and I still am trying. I'm, I'm still traveling up basically the Niagara Escarpment. That's my hill. And I go up there and I do hill repeats and I can get about 1,200 feet in eight miles or so if I'm pushing the hill repeats. Uh, but Buffalo is flat, you know, so on a 16-mile run, I'll have 800 feet of elevation total climb. That's nothing that's flat that's yeah that's accidental yeah. yeah it catches up with you too like i when i tried to run a stony brook with boys two weeks ago and it was like i'd never tried to go up any hill in my life i had to stop and walk a few times and it was just generally embarrassing maybe we should all push a double stroller get our hill <laughs> yeah. up in that. i think if i manage these injuries and can keep up um some mileage i'll end up with like one of my higher mileage years yeah one of my lower mileage elevation gain uh-huh. you know like- it's probably consistent how, how many miles can you get with the double stroller before there's rebellion on the part of oh, the gosh. occupants yeah i was there for some of that because um, i know what yeah. i used to be able to get uh, and i timed it with nap time to sort of maximize the time but i'm just curious what you can manage. i mean it's about I'd find ways to get four or eight, well, eight in like four mile blocks, like run to a, a, a playground yeah. when playgrounds were open and then give them a, a half hour playtime and then run back. Now with the two older kids, I can give them their tablets in the double stroller and I can, I could probably run for hours and hours. <laughs> I've, done, <laughs> I've done two hours with them with their tablets in there, and they would probably go until they just, you know, absolutely needed food or something like that. Now, yeah. I, I had asked you about this before, like how much you feel like your running form suffers pushing the stroller. And you, you've said like you feel like you've adapted well to it. There's, yeah. a, there's a technique to it. Yeah. Do, do you kind of push it ahead or do you no. always have a hand on? I pretty much always have a hand on. Yeah. Is there a I preference should... as far as which hand? Because I found that I always had a, or do you go back and forth? For the double stroller, I mostly have, have both hands on there. Both the times, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll let one go sometimes, but for here, the- let's talk gear. So, what kind of stroller are you pushing <laughs> anyway? It's a Bob. Is it a Bob, Bob double stroller? Yeah. Okay. The um the double has a fixed wheel in the front. Yes, um, which I had a fixed a- wheel, which it, I found for running purposes to be so much easier than the ones that yes. have the swivel. It runs much more smoothly, but turning corners, and if you want to take it to the farmers market, you got to do, do the wheelie. Yeah. 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 To put pneumatic tires in too to give it a little softer ride. Yes, nice. And actually, it's, it's they're like I don't know what they call it. They're sport utility one with the has like knobby tires in case you wanted it for fucking the scar yeah. Yeah. yeah, So I do take it on things like the Lehigh Valley Trail, um, sure. which is like gravel, stone, dust, and that works well. It's a little bumpier for the kids, but it's got shocks and they do all right. Oh, it just feels like Napoleon Dynamite. It's got yeah. shocks. It's got pegs. Sweet, have you jumped it? His kid's got a better stroller than I have a vehicle at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, I was because I was thinking, you know, you were talking about your knee and all that. And I'm like, and he's kind of pushed the stroller with the knee and the whole thing, yeah. you know. 
Right now, my, my main issue is actually a, a shin splint on the left side. Um, the knees are manageable. They're, they're, they get stiff and they get a little achy, but I can manage. I'm just like, I can't get, shake this little left side shin splint. Huh. Sit back for a week or two, I don't know. Or yeah, talk, talk to Davin. He's got, he's got tape that he puts on it. Oh, yeah? <laughs> just, <laughs> my shins? No, I don't know. I'm the one that used the massager over my shins. And you're like, don't do that. No wonder you get stress fractured. He uses the R8 on the shin bone, uh-huh. like right well, on it. Isn't your, didn't you get stress fractures in your feet? Or in no, your, tibial. Oh, really? Tibial. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but I've, I've figured out that for me it's a calcium deficiency. And so I take vitamin D in the winter, and I keep the mileage low until after, the, after we're in the spring. So essentially until late March, the mileage stays Below 70. That's low for me when you're peaking at 120. Um, and that seems to be those aren't, working. For anybody listening, those aren't monthly numbers. Those are weekly. <laughs> those are weekly numbers. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, the vitamin D or, or calcium is – so you're waiting for the sunshine. to make The vitamin D is to metabolize calcium right, exactly. um, because there's nothing that metabolizes it as effectively as sunshine. So I cut back on the vitamin D once we're in the summer season. So right now I'm – well, we're metabolizing the shit out of some calcium yeah. right now. That's right. <laughs> Fucked up right now. Don't you see this deep, dark tan? You do. You're looking pretty tan. Yeah, you are looking tan. Well, that's because I hate shirts. <laughs> You've all seen me race. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen it. Is it 50? I don't need a shirt. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's... It, one of the things that I was looking forward to with this conversation is I had told Davin, it's, you know, it's about time for my, my, uh, yearly kick in the ass to, uh, stop doing the woe is me thing. And, you know, whenever, whenever I think about that, I think about the, I think about Hobbs figuring out how to get, uh, 10 miles in a day with three kids. And I'm like, yeah, I could probably run between six and seven PM. I could just get off the couch and do that. There's no reason I can't, you know? And it's weird because so not being I, I haven't been on Facebook in almost a full year. So I don't get to see all the heroic stories that people are doing or whatever. Some of us never that's, post them anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. That's why and I don't I don't miss Facebook. Like, don't get me wrong. I just miss that kind of connection of going, Oh, that person did that. Mm-hmm. Um and there's no races to now go, that person did that, right? And so um, for me, I'm like, well, I, I need this kind of, I need this kind of conversation and this kind of like camaraderie. I don't know. I know there's a few houses where the, the people in the house are runners together, but my family's not really runners. They don't want to sit down and talk about running. And so like the idea of just talking about running and, and having people to chat with kind of gets you you know, shakes your, shakes your shit up a little bit and gets you wanting to run, you know? I have um, three people that I coach right now. And when, when all of this began, I stopped charging them and said, there's no races. I feel weird charging you because I don't know what we're working towards. But I still put workouts up for them. And each one of them kind of in their own respective time had these moments of totally floundering and saying, I don't know why I'm doing this or what I'm doing. And every one of them has now come back and sort of doubled down and and said, I'm serious about doing this. Um, I want to pay you because you're rendering a service to me and you're making me accountable because somebody is looking. And that may be a piece of kind of what you're saying is having conversations like this do – without the social media thing, do bring a level of accountability, a sense of inspiration or 
an aspirational aspect to just simply having a conversation about running with other people who run. I remember Mike and I sort of talking at the beginning of this where um, Stratton like did a hundred mile week and he was doing like, he was, you know, he went a 50 mile, a 70 mile, a hundred mile week. Well, Jamie threw down that challenge. He did. How that many of, how many of us rose to that? Up. You did. Yeah, I, I did. About five or I tried. Yeah, but then I. Yeah, I, but you went from like zero to like okay, yeah, I'm going to do zero a, miles do February and March to fucking. It was bad, but I yeah. But I like I think that so on the like strat and I'll use strat because I can comfortably talk about them because we've been so tight for you know twelve years or whatever. Um, there was some anxiety at first when I was like. You know, I go to work at like 6.30 in the morning and I get home and it's like 6.30 or 7 or 8 and it's like cook dinner and fucking try to have some semblance of a normal life and none of that involved running. But I had come off a back injury from February and March coming out of like my best January ever where there was zero miles and um, I was watching people on Strava that were just like hammering. It seemed like everybody on there and maybe it was just me being paranoid and thinking I was really like, you know, falling off of things, but... Um, everybody on there was doing huge weeks and like, you know, cycling and running both and like huge vert and going out to, you know, ski hills where there weren't, wasn't anyone there. Like Strat's doing, you know, 18 mile days at Bristol mm-hmm. and then yeah. back again the next day, four days in a row type of thing. And it was like probably jealousy and profound insecurity. And then like poking, you know, pinching my fat most days and being like, shit, I'm really kind of losing it. Um, but that, yeah, that was, I, like, the accountability thing uh, and social media. And I think of, like, when I think about Strava a lot, where, like, I'll be in the middle of a decent run and be like, oh, cool, like, let me see how good I can make this run, even, <laughs> even though it's going to fuck me up for the next two weeks or something. <laughs> it's like some totally, you know, ridiculous, you know, I went out for 10 miles and it felt good for two, so why not kill myself here? Just so I can post it on Strava and think that, like, and I'm always like, but nobody gives a shit. <laughs> but then I think about the reality of that, and then I'm like, but I'm that guy that's on there giving a shit about what people are doing. Just, you know, scrolling through, hitting the thumbs up, and hating myself for not being... Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. Well, there's a lot of misery here in, inside of me as a as a runner. Um, but, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get back. So we watched... Uh, we watched... Uh, a ter- honestly, sorry. Uh, we watched a bad running documentary last night. What was it? Which one? Um, once, uh, once is enough. Hmm. I think I've, I haven't heard of it. Uh, it's Amazon Prime. It's uh, is not good. I mean, bless his heart. Um, but it's uh, what it made me think. So his um, he uh, decided to run a hundred miler, and you know he wasn't really a runner before that. His, his mom was dying. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, all reasons, uh, led to she was just severely overweight and she was dying. And he was sitting in a, a hospital waiting room one time and looked over and he saw a copy of Trail Runner magazine and he started reading about Leadville. And he's like, you know, and this guy's kind of doing like the documentary. He's kind of doing a stand up comedy, like motivational speaker bit. And it's interspersed with some of the footage. And he's like, yo, I should do this, you know? And then on the next page, um, on the other side was a picture of Ian Sharman. So he got Ian Sharman to coach him to run Leadville. 
and he wasn't a runner. Like he was a zero miler. And so that's what the, essentially the documentary was about. Was it Tony Kropitschka? Is there, is there some like <laughs> punchline? No, it was, um, I think his name that would be Je- a great punchline. Yeah. I think his name is Jeffrey Dude, Binney or something. Jeff Rose. Um, but what, what happened was he, so he DNF'd that he DNF'd, um, he hadn't even run a 50 miler before he did Leadville and he DNF'd at mile 44 or something. They wouldn't let him go up hope pass. Okay. So, um, he was just, he was timed you know, out. Yeah. He was Four. chasing cut out. He was chasing from the very first cutoff. He was like eight minutes. What was his longest run? Up- I think he had done a 50 K I think. Um, I'm not, they don't really cover a ton of his training, but essentially what happened was he DNF'd it and he was like miserable and he thought, ah, oh, and I thought, okay, he's just going to quit and he didn't quit. And you know, it's Ian Charman. So where does he go from Leadville? He goes the next year and he runs Rocky raccoon. Right. So sure. Why not? Right. It's, it's fast and flat and not 14,000 feet above sea level. Right. What year did this happen? Um, I think so. I did this research later. Um, so the movie came out last year, but, um, he ran these races in 2015, 2016. Then after he ran that hundred miler and, and he finished, he did 2950 or something like that at Rocky Raccoon. He did it. Um, and then he was done. So once is enough. Well, so the once is enough was a um, poem. You only get to live life once. And if you live it right, once is enough. Um, but then I went and I checked his ultra sign up after that. And yeah, that's it. That's it. He was done in 2016. And to me, that's like the long way around all this is extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Right. And he was motivated by the death of his mother and he wanted to change his life and he did it and he made a movie about it. And that was that. Right. So if Davin would make a movie about every hundred miler that he's ran, that's eight. <laughs> there's eight of them now. <laughs> right. what, what, what are you at? Like, three. Yeah. You guys are you got a lot to do. Fucked, man. Right. So I was looking, I was sitting here on my phone dorking around because I was looking for the book that I told Mike to read, and it's called Running to the Edge, A Band of Misfits and the Guru Who Unlocked the Secrets of Running. It's about the coach Bob Larson, who ended up coaching Meb. But his philosophy really was based on running a lot of miles at threshold and not as much on, like, hardcore speed work. Um, and I And I have found that I'm agreeing with a lot of what the book has to say. Yeah. Cause hardcore speed work is hard. <laughs> yeah, is well, it's, it because it's, you like, you like running threshold. <laughs> you like running a tempo run. Rather than- yeah. Well, the philosophy in some ways is based on what he started seeing in out of East Africa and that they ran each other into the ground. Every workout there was, they were all essentially threshold runs and that in the United States, there was no such, training group. He's the one that created the whole Mammoth Lake Trek Club. So that's sort of his origin. I mean, it goes way back. He was the coach at UCLA and all this other stuff, but that was what he did in retirement was Mammoth Lakes. And it's because he recognized that unless you're training with other people, you're always only going to go so far in your own achievement. And I think that sitting in a room like this or being around other people, I'm not sure about social media as much as a motivator, but I think that there is something to be said about, and this is what we're missing in competition, but it's the 
it's the being around other people who are always going to bring out better in yourself. So though I joke with Jamie about taking on every FKT that he's going to he's going to do this summer, it's what brings out the better in me. Mm-hmm. Also, not yeah. because I just want to take down Jamie. It's he 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 drives me to to train and be better and to see if I can and and I think the and the social media thing is I think the only thing that's really good for is if it actually connects people. If you say, "Oh, hey, you did that. I would like to do that. Are you doing it again? Let's get together and do it." So does does this allow us to rediscover the simple joy of 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 moving and running itself, or does this really bring into relief how much of running is motivated around? racing and the challenges. Well, that's what I was saying. Is it is it intrinsic like Jamie like it's he's got to run yeah. or is it extrinsic like I need to be around people and see how well I can run with them or show them how well I can run or a with, blend or a Linda blend of both. Yeah, which you one know, is which is it, like you know? EQ and IQ as well. Yeah. You know, how do these things blend to make us who we are as runners? Yeah, yeah. are you still a runner if you're not collecting the swag at your at your uh races probably if it if it's an intrinsic motivation i mean it's not all one or the other i'm still you know enjoy the like the kudos on strava and the you know um i'm sorry i should do that more often <laughs> you don't give anybody kudos. it's because i don't go on it because i know where mike ends up headwise and so i've stopped going there yeah because i think no. it's so easy to end up in this dark tunnel of Comparing yourself against others and, and am I doing enough mileage? Am I not doing enough mileage? Rather than just being comfortable with what you're doing and what you're capable of doing. So, yeah. It's always funny to be at a start line with you and Mike because you're all staring down. You're both staring down looking at everyone's calves. Like that's what I'm a quad guy. (laughs) (laughs) All I know is you, I'm an ass guy, you know, (laughs) you two are just both looking around trying to see how fit everybody is. Yeah. And this Strava is like my way of doing that when I can't stare at dudes asses. But every now and again, some guys kind of posts a picture of his, you know, newly shaved legs on Strava. His muddy little quads. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. That's, that's the kind of the struggle is, is, who is benefiting from this time right now, right? Is somebody like, I can go into the lab and Jeff go... Jeff Bezos. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the way to the bank. Yeah. All the way to the bank. Yeah. Jamie, did you run cross-country in college? Or? I, in high school. In, in high college. school. So you and I kind of, I think, have a similar origin story in some ways where, yes, there is a past, but there's also a period of time in which there wasn't. And so when I came back to running, racing was not a component of my comeback until much later. And in some ways, I've come full circle in this year back to that same place of I didn't start running again because I was interested in racing. I started running again because I needed somewhere to take all the crap that was happening in my life and not take it out on the people I loved. And yeah, I found too. the outlet, and then the outlet turned into its own addiction because the other places that that could have gone were worse. And then that became a curiosity about where I could go with that outlet. So how far can I go? How fast can I go? Where can it take me? What can I do? And now we're back, you know, sort of back into that origin story of the purpose of doing it is not so much driven by the how far and how fast, but 
just simply kind of because. Yeah, I started running again the second time. I ran cross country in high school, and I started running the second time because I needed to get out of the house. I saw that uh, the coach of Hutch Tech recently retired. Was that your coach or a different one? Um, Mr. Shea. I think Mr. Shea retired before. Before that, okay. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, as I started running, I did a few races, and then I kind of met this guy that ran really fast, and I found out I could run faster because I ran with him. And then he kind of assembled a little team of, you know, planeteers. Is that me? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah. I can't see that. Yeah, Chris well, everybody, anybody, anybody who's listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and in that in the in that same summer is where I got tied into this same group because you all showed up with Mike or some of you did to Burning River. Oh, that's right. Yeah, now, I didn't know any of you before Burning River. I knew Mike. I don't know how I knew Mike Can because Mike Mike yeah. stalked Mike stalked you at Can Lakes. I didn't. We ran thirteen miles together and then he disappeared. Um. I was swearing a lot, and someone's like, he's a minister, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were gone when I finished. I finished it was second. Love at first. It was the best race I ever ran in my life, and Dobbin was gone when I finished. No, I wasn't. I was up. I was up. You were up eating little... like a sub or something. Burning River before. No. You, well, you Burning were at Burning River. You got after, chased. I was there, yes. Yeah. 20, 2015. Yeah, we talk about, we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, Jamie's um, scrotum fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, your feet but fell that was apart. After, I think, you had a horrible year at Menden 50K where you got uh, hyperthermic. I got hypothermic. Yeah. 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 yeah, I got um, hypothermic, and I, I ended up having a radial headache. So colors were really weird to me on that okay. day. And Jamie yeah. dominated because I remember day. passing you in the last yeah. loop and being like, "I know who that guy is. I'm kind of concerned for him right now." You weren't but, the only one. A couple of people were like, "Are you okay?" And I was yeah. like, "I don't know." <laughs> and that was the that was the same year that Mintz dropped out with the flu, right? Yeah. Yes. He yeah. started with the flu. Yeah, I walked it. <laughs> it's like twenty fourteen. We were like huddled around the fire. You and I. Not, we yep. had soup, and your dad was like, "My dad was like playing physician well. with us." And I, yeah, I was like, "I'm not doing well. I got to go volunteer." And then I'm out there fucking at the aid station volunteering, and Tom Butler comes through. And, fucking just shirtless nipples like falling off i was like dude you're gonna die it's been he's like no i'm good i love it that yeah that has to be actually one of my genuinely worst races yeah it was brutal ever um and sometimes that happens now i can say i've had other races i've dropped out of but that one i didn't i finished so so there is the opening salvo that's the first hour, folks. How'd we do? I know, Jamie's audio is a bit off. Um, the audio quality is somewhat suspect. As I said, we had four mics outside and there were some uh, logistics. Um, I'm actually happy the recording turned out this well and I was able to clean it up. Sorry about some of the inconsistencies. As a special bonus, I'll send a uh, running inside out uh, freak flag to the person who emails me the total number of trains that uh, passed by during the recording. I'll tell you uh, personally, for me, uh, at about this point, which during the recording was the first bio break and perhaps a trip to a small unpersoned aid station, I knew this one was going to be one of those episodes and I couldn't be more pleased. 
when Davin showed up, I told him I had uh, three hours and 24 minutes of recording time on the SD card. And he responded with, do you think that'll be enough? And uh, I kind of said, well, if if we know it's good for us, it will. And, but then I secretly sort of hoped. <laughs> so if this is the first episode you're hearing, um, they're not all this long. They're not all this whatever this one is. Uh, this is a pretty special, unique, interesting one. So we do this from time to time when it is just uh, off the rails discussion. There's no uh, interviewer or babysitter in sight. And uh, it becomes a pretty solid representation of the type of discussion we'd all be having if there weren't microphones around. So hope you enjoy uh, listening as much as uh, we, quote, uh, did recording it, quote. With that, uh, back to the action. So Jamie showed up with new gear tonight. I feel like we should talk gear. I have not yet been sold on the whole hydration vest thing. I'm trying to get there. But well, you're uh, talking about your decrease in speed. Maybe you're going to need one someday. No. I think the difference is, Davin, you can get to an aid station that's six or eight miles away in an hour to an hour and a half. Or less. I, I do think that that's a big difference when I look at the races I've done and, and what I choose to carry or how little I carry is there's a lot less time that I spend between those places than than some people who just need to make sure that they have more on them. But I've always been curious, not because I'm a really gear-centered guy, but a, about convenience or, or different realities. And, and we're sitting here in this hot room. I hate wearing a shirt. So one of my problems with wearing a hydration vest is you generally have to wear a shirt unless you're going to end up chafe, chafed right. up. My... On the flip side of that, I wear a hydration vest a lot of times in weather where you have to wear a shirt because otherwise I'm going to get chafed nipples. And the hydration vest keeps the shirt from rubbing. Yep. Gotcha. And so um, it's actually preferable for that reason. So. Yep. Okay. But on the other hand, you could wear one of those orange mud vests with the, you know, the, uh, the shotgun double barrel orange mud oh, vest. Yeah. The one, with, yeah. yeah, that's exhausting and watching with, people pull the bottles without out of the things. shirt. Though you'd right. look, you'd look pretty, pretty bad, eh? I, I suppose <laughs> if it, if I heard it once at a race. It was a guy who was wearing like this little, and I and I've actually altered a, a Patagonia snap button to do this, but um, you know, he had like a little midriff shirt on, mm-hmm. and he was running in first, and and he ran through the safe station, and a, a bunch of. Uh, nicer looking ladies and, and such were there and they and they said, you know, if you've got the game, you can you can wear that. But yeah. if you don't got if you don't have the game, no. you, you can't get away with it's that. It's trail running, you can still get you can still wear it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> that that is the vest that I think that my dad thinks I should use and it has to do with the placement of the hydration being in a place that um ha- would have the least bouncer movement but I want to try it before I buy it. And a lot of these things aren't cheap. You know, you know, a few people that, that have some vest. If you, I think Nesbitt still wears the belt, right? I can't wear a belt. Yeah. Nobody can, but Phil's still rocking one. Uh, it goes up to my nipples. Talk about nipple chase. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any, well, I don't have anything. I don't have hips, so I don't have anything to hold it 
I got childbearing hips. My belt, if I wore a belt, it just spins around me. And it's like, I try, when I first got back into running, or first got into running, because I never, there was nothing to get back into. But I got a belt because I was running like three, four miles, and people, like, someone sold me. They're like, yeah, you can't do that yeah. without a belt. Yeah, I, I must have gone to Fleet Feet or something. I know so, who sold you. <laughs> yeah. They said, buy this, sure, whatever. And then that fucking thing just, it's, it was spinning around me the whole time I was running. And I would like, every time I'd reach for my bottle, it'd be somewhere else on me. And, uh, yeah, no belt. But Phil does it. Yeah. Well, I used to think I couldn't do with a belt because it would bother my stomach. Like, the pressure on my stomach was, like, made me up, my stomach upset. But now, I don't know what... It's been years of conditioning, and I, I eat... Right this summer, I've been eating a full dinner with the kids and being like, Okay, Jesse, you got you got bath time? I'm going to go for a run. And I go out and run five miles, having just, like, eaten a full dinner. and No problem at all. So my yeah. stomach has changed. I find like that for years of ultra running, and I, I find that wearing wearing a vest. Um, well, over this winter, it got real bad, and it, it was my sort of my wake up call that I need to. Uh, my vest started. I started looking like Tommy Boy when he did Fat Guy in a little coat. <laughs> <laughs> I'd wear my vest, and it would just start riding up. <laughs> It'd be underneath my <laughs> armpits at some point, and I was like, I can't. This is not the right size vest for me anymore. But it used to be the right size vest. I need to. I need to fix that because the vest didn't change size. <laughs> See, I have a, a Solomon vest, and I've used it a couple of times. So I've just never been. I've, I've never been sold on the vest. For me, handhelds have. It's been what I've used, and it's worked for me. And when you and when you find something that works, I think it's really hard to break out of that because you know it worked, and so why are you going to change? And I know Chris. After you were out at Western States with Jamie, you said, yeah, buddy, you're going to have to figure out how to use a vest. And I was like, not everybody at Western uses a vest. Yeah. Not everybody. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, so. Interesting. You said that after Western? I said that Based I thought that Davin would have to wear a vest um, because he's only going to have one car for crew. He's only going to have his parents. And they're not going to be able to. You don't eat. think anybody would make the trip out there for him? Yeah, man. What, what are you saying about me? <laughs> this was at, this was after this was after we had made the trip out. Yeah, he's yeah. watching and, Jamie. He's like, nobody would do this for Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I think I already have Laura and Abby at least on no, lockdown. No, my thought was, if he goes the next year, we're all tapped out. We ain't got any cash. Yeah, nobody's we, got money. We blew left. it all. But now it's been it's been three years, yeah. so now it's different. Don't, it's don't worry, a, Jamie. will get in again. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't, year I, seven is coming up, but I got to wait two years yeah. until I can even exercise. That I have a savings account for when my friends get into Western. <laughs> yeah. like, but my thought was my thought was that that he wasn't going to see his crew until the fifty k mark. Yeah. That that was the the only the, the main reason is because if you don't have a crew A and a crew B, your aid station your crew is about fifteen miles apart. Yeah, after but the mile aid stations 30. are close oh, enough the, apart that the aid you stations can run are. aid station to aid station with handhelds. Yeah. yeah, but they're not gonna they're Between not going crew accessible. Yeah, but they're not gonna have Davin's custom custom diet. True. Could you have could you have done handhelds the whole way? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. I think it depends on the size of handhelds. And normally I go really small. I think with some like Western States, you end up going more big you're dog. You're going to go through a lot of water. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. you're going to want to squirt it a... on yourself. You're going to want to exactly. just drink and drink and drink because you're going to sweat like crazy. Yeah. But um, 
And because of the low humidity, it's going to evaporate too. You know, like. So, what kind of shoes are you running in right now, Jamie? Right now, mostly um, road and trail. Is there a difference in brand, or what, what sort of got gotten it, its hooks into you? Uh, I've been so for a long time. I was ultra, um, and now I've shifted to back. I've gone back and forth, and I've gone back to Solomon mostly. Did you find that the quality in the ultras was dropping? Because I've seen people complain about a lot of blowouts and stuff like yeah. that. I don't know if it's dropping. I've had inconsistent quality with ultra from from the beginning you know some shoes have lasted me hundreds and hundreds of miles with no problem others have blown out um Real under 100 point. miles you know yeah um and, it, and also sizing varies model to model and year to year huh. so there's a lot of inconsistency with ultra but when when, when it they worked, work it... well I, I really like them and i feel like i can run in them well but i've had a lot of success with the Solomon Sense Ride. I ran the entirety of of Grindstone without changing my shoes and felt comfortable in them. Yeah, that was pretty the good. The whole time, one pair. Um, then it helped that there wasn't a drop of rain in the sky the whole weekend. <laughs> yes, it helped that it was dry and everything. But how, how many pairs do you usually have, like in cycle at any time? <laughs> Too many. Talk to my wife, <laughs> and she'll tell you about how many pairs of that's, shoes that's I have. That's a different in the podcast, yeah. Because um, I've had that conversation in, in two ways with my wife. Yeah. Number one, the ones that are in circulation. Number two, the ones that are not yet in circulation, right. or that are uh, sitting there because they're. I'm not going to throw them out, but they're not my favorite models. They're so not they the, your go tos. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. Um, I probably circle cycle through two or three pair of road shoes and two or. And maybe three or four pair of, road, of trail shoes at any gotcha. given time. Now, do you keep track of your mileage, or do you just know? Uh, I do it. I use Strava to do that. Okay. I log when I log my run. I you I'm log pretty good too. about logging the shoe. The only difficulty with that is a hundred mile race where you change shoes, and Strava doesn't let you, you know, log it. So Thank I got a hundred miles on one, on one pair of shoes that I wore for thirty. Got to yeah. change your watch too. Yeah, you know why? Because a lot of cyclists don't change shoes in the middle of a race. That's that's why they don't so care. Strava doesn't. No, it wouldn't be that hard to It'd be add an, that function. Easy feature, but... yeah. Yep, it's not so, hard. So what do you? Well, we can get into the whole Strava I through about too with thirty pay, fucking the pay for play thing. But what are you running in these days? I literally still run in shoes that I got when I worked in Medved in 2013. I. Sorry, I, uh, the sun was in my eyes, so I'm squatting like I'm taking a shit in this chair. <laughs> Lift um, it up. I know, fix I'm it. just... Fix it. Hello, fix everybody. It. You can adjust hey, that. Uh, for, you can get for, down on the floor. For those not, for those, uh, not able to see... For those the, about the, to rock. Hi, everybody. <laughs> for those not watching the live stream, uh, yeah. Weldon now, <laughs> Weldon now has a mic stand. It's about as... Still can't find the microphone. Yes, yeah, so I have a pair of arms that I accidentally, I bought, accidentally bought a stability shoe because it looked cool. And I said, I got paid today. It was like... Yeah, I could have told you that was a bad mistake. I can't believe that that's the choice of shoe okay. for... Uh, so, literally, I got an email from On that was like, look at this shoe. And I was like, cool, payday. Uh, I got about 400 miles, 350, 400 miles on it. And it's it's toast, but I'm still going because it costs so much. But I, just, I do rotate. Um, I got brands still that aren't Pearl. I still run in some... N2s and N3s that aren't, they don't make really? them anymore. Yeah, wow. I take it back. I got, I've got a pair of N2s and N1s. That's the thing. When you work in the industry, they just give you shit. And I was like, you know, it's the wall in my fucking garage. It's just shoes. And, uh, I, yeah, I 
maybe buy shoes once a year. I trails. I um, last I was running trails uh, speed cross. A cool one came out that was all red. So, so I bought that right? because it looked good. And uh, yeah, I just I. What else do I have for trails? Um, Egan gave me a a Bahada, I think, a Montreal or what is yeah. Columbia now. Uh, kind of do some miles in those. Um, yeah, I don't think too much, but there's so many fucking shoes in my house. It's just like whatever's around, I put it on and go. And I've, I think I've been really fortunate in that I'd, shoes haven't been a big issue for me. Like I, yeah. I can run in things without really like the biggest problem I've had is accidentally buying a stability shoe and like that shit fucked me up. Um, but otherwise it's been easy and I can run in pretty much anything. Now, Chris, you've run in Skechers as well as ultras. And yeah. so where are you at in the sense of what you're. So when I was doing, when I was doing lots of miles, that's when ultras fit my feet really well, right? My foot was spreading out and I could fill out the shoe. It was nice and comfy. When I sort of went down in mileage, my I started splashing around in ultras a whole bunch. I went for a run and I was like, "Huh, I'm getting I'm getting some hot spots on my outsides of my big toe." And I I think it's because you know I wasn't all spread and flattened out. So um, I actually I like the the topos, the Run Venture twos are oh. really nice. I I I find them to be very. I, got, I wouldn't. There, you know, the idea when you say like, I put the shoe on and I just don't think about it. Yeah. I just put them on and I go. I find them. I find them comfortable. And you can buy them from John, which is uh, you huge. can buy them from John, and they're and they're reasonably. Is that, priced. Is that Rochester Running Company? Yeah. Okay. And they're reasonably priced too. Honestly, they're not one hundred and sixty bucks. They're you know one ten. So I mean, that's a decent price shoe. To me, it still blows my mind that one hundred and ten dollars is a reasonably. Price shoe. I mean, there was a time where a Nike Pegasus was like sixty or seventy. Yeah, those ons I got were one ninety or something. Yeah, it's nuts. And that's the problem with with Solomon. Although I've had good luck with Solomon hitting their sales. Yeah, and stuff like that. But like, you can easily pay, you know, uh-huh. upper. Yeah, close ons, to two hundred dollars for ons and Solomon's ons and Solomon's and Hoka's. I find like there's there's you. you who pays retail for those things, right? Like I do. I'm a fucking idiot. I, uh, <laughs> One time, you know, man. One local. time. Yeah, I, uh, there's a new brand that's manufactured in Kenya that I can't remember the name of, but I, I I hit them up the other day just to make sure they were vegan friendly, and I think I'm gonna order a pair. And I wish I could remember the name, but they like they got me on a, a video advertisement of this Kenyan gentleman running. Yeah, and he looked good, and I said, "Run like a Kenyan," and I was like, "Give me your shoe." Like, <laughs> you're like, you know, this like, guy's I'm not going to marry me, so I might as well buy his shoe. Like, I'm a sucker uh, for yeah. advertising. Um, but the the new shoe actually that I liked. So, uh, speaking of sucker for advertising, um, Merrill did the Agility Synthesis X with Dogfish. Yeah, yeah. And the whole upper is made from recycled bottles that they pulled out of the ocean, right? And so I was like, "Well, you know, let me give those a try. Let me support Merrill and." dogfish head and they're sweet they look green and they're really nice um but now they're like special shoes right so i went and i got a pair of the mineral agility synthesis that are not the the dogfish head version and i love them like i it's the first pair of merrells that i could say you know i've always bought their hiking shoes sure but um i'm actually a real big fan of this shoe like i've probably i ran all of may in them whenever I was out on the trails and they were, it was really nice. Like was a dogfish head that was just sold. 
recently? Was sold. Well, yeah. I don't know, it wasn't that, it's more than a year ago. Bought a fucking Labatt's or something? No, no, the okay. same uh, company that uh, does Jenny. They're brewing out of Jenny now. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's uh, Magic Hat. Yes, that's you're just, right. I'm sorry. Just, that just happened. Sorry. Yeah, Magic, Hat, Magic Hat's I, being brewed in Rochester now, yeah. folks. Anyway, Does anyone did run you want to share what you're running in? Yeah, do you run those, those on, Nikes? On yeah. more on <laughs> Nikes. The new Nike. Have you run those? No. Yeah, no. He's running your, more on than you know. <laughs> for your marathon time. Has anyone here running the Nike? The, the Vaporfly? Vaporfly. The no. Four, no. The 4%. No. Okay, whatever. Fuck it. No. I wanted to hear that it was easier. No, being sponsored by On, I only run it on. I, I still have some pearls around from before that time. I still have some uh, New Balance 1400s mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. 1600s. Those 1,400 V2s, man. Best fly ever. Oh, yeah. It's a great I ran, shoe. I ran, great Rochester, shoe. I ran the Rochester Marathon in those bad boys. Yeah. It's been interesting to see on, catch on and go mainstream since, you know. It has. Yeah. I hope that they don't kind of flush their model down the toilet, but I saw them just recently produce a shoe with Federer. That's oh, just, just like a yeah. casual yeah. shoe. And yeah. I kind of was like, oh, crap. They, they all... To begin with, they were a triathlon running company. Then they added the trail component, and we're always just sort of saying, like, nope, we're only producing shoes to run in. That's what we do. That's it. Um, that being said, I've been through now two or three cycles of their shoes, and th- they're getting better, and they and they work for me, but I figured out which ones of their shoes work for me. Um yeah, you got those long, narrow flippers, though. So that's, I do. That's, it, doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah, but uh, I think they're going after Skechers' casual market. I think they want all the nurses and all the bartenders. There is two, three models that are just basically lifestyle models now. That are well, the not, casual not that, that market existed back in the day too, with like Asics and Saucony, and everybody Absolutely. had a fucking yeah, model and they did well. It. And yeah, when like Medved that's didn't, people money. would come into Medved all the time, like. Well, one of their first models was the On Cloud, which was basically like an urban casual shoe. And I won and set a uh, course record on a 100-mile trail run in those shoes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, before they had a trail shoe, and I was like, so, why so not? That, might, that either attributes to, cl- uh, to On Clouds, or it might attribute to it doesn't matter what kind of shoes you're wearing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that aggressive of a trail. It was a dry day. Yeah. I mean, they're People now in their second generation. times and at trail races and trail hundreds before there were way yeah. before there was ever a trail, <laughs> trail shoe in the right. converse all star it's like yeah so. <laughs> but it, i do think it is you know you you can't run a successful well i think companies are finding out you can't run a fully successful company marketing strictly to trail ultra runners like you have to no, you can't run like a capitalistic, yeah, explosive right. company. Like I think Ultra and Hoka both did yeah. well within the yeah. original. I, well, I think the question of this crisis, honestly, is going to be: this represents another running boom, and bicycle stores are sold out, and they can't get more stock because all of the carbon bikes and other things are manufactured in China and that Taiwan. They were shut down, yeah, and they're shut, and they shut down, and it's just going to take time for the backlog to get through. It's the same with shoes. And so many people are running now. I, I kind of question, like, what does this look like for the future of Nike and Asics and On and all of these companies who are going to ride this boom? But how is also the riding of a boom going to end up being the same thing that may actually sink them? There are companies that don't exist anymore mm-hmm. um, in the running world. But at, at one time, they were a huge 
I mean, you, you remember Etons? Yeah. They were I once they like... Were, I thought they were a tennis shoe. Yeah. That, that, they only made running shoes. That's like yeah. all they did. They're, they're gone. And there are other companies like that that just that rode that first running boom. And then when that died out, so did they. Yeah, but to Mike's point, like you can't you can't run a company that dominates the world, but even a company with the values of Patagonia still is branching out into the everyday Joe market. You 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 have to, you know. Um that doesn't mean you have to compromise your morals and all that, but if you start seeing that your favorite shoe is now their smallest selling model and you know it's going to go away, because they're putting all their resources into the big fancy, you know, the big markets, that's where it starts to suck. You sure. Know? You're like, hey, that you were my, you were my company and now you're there. Nobody's company, you know, that's the part that I think stinks. I think you can sell to the nurses. I mean, nurses deserve comfortable shoes too. Just are you going to compromise the other, the other side? Where's your innovation going to come from? And, you know, I think for Nike, when we, knowing their origin story is with running and they're still innovating with running, but you also look at really what made Nike as a company is largely Michael Jordan yeah, basketball Jordan. really cap, you know, made yeah. them the company sure. they are. And so where do you look at where the innovation comes and where the effort is? And, and how a much lot of- fucking innovation do you need in running shoes? Like I, I guess they, I don't know the answer three, to that. Yeah, three like, percent now. Obviously, five percent. You know, if they can release a shoe that sets every world record, uh, you know, immediately. But are we then at the same argument that's been made in swimming when the um, full suits came out in the one Olympics, yeah. which are now against banned, the rules? Right? Yeah. And a lot of people are making that argument with Nike that there is a, a spring that is giving a you know. Yeah, so should we, like, is it time to just stop innovating and everybody go back to five fingers? Well, all I can, <laughs> all I can say is that those... Um, those Please tell me you never ran in those. Never even owned them. Yeah. Jamie? Those, never tried one on. No. All right, good. I did, I, I'm among Chris friends. Scott have had a pair. No, I do own a pair, though, of Ultra... <laughs> I do own a pair of Ultra Adams, if you guys have ever seen the Adams. Haven't. Are they it's, like five fingers? Um... No, they don't have five fingers, so they're not like... They only have a middle finger? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, I'll show you them uh, after this. They're pretty sweet. But uh, yeah, they are are Ultra's version of ultra super, ultra minimalist shoes. Um, They're like little slippers. I mean, that's what a a New Balance 1400 is. Yep. And I got a pair of those too. But the V2s, the V2s, not the V1s. So, all right, you've took us around the gear talk, Davin. It's yeah, your well, it's your show. What apparently. else do you want to talk about? I don't know. What's up next? It's it's July, right? There's still a lot of summer left. And well, so that's and- what I want to talk about. You guys were talking about FKTs, and we alluded to Hobbs. Um, and so, in the midst of all this, the Letchworth is mine. Yeah, you should go do it. And now, the-, the whole reason I did, well, I don't want. No, so Where I was going? just going to say, I, I like to provide the context. You provide the uh, the meat. That's, that's uh, the train coming for Hobbs right there. My right. train is coming. <laughs> so um, Hobbs, in the midst of all this, texted uh, Mike and Ron and I and said, hey, I want to go do this uh, FKT on the new reroute in Letchworth. I don't think anybody's done it yet. And I was like, that's, uh, that's great. I'm going to be camping. Have fun. Enjoy it. And uh, then he went out and he and he freaking did it. The reroute's the southern end of it, right? Yep. 
just so in. So what we're what we're talking about is the one of our favorite local little trails on the FLT. It starts at the dam in Letchworth Straight Park. Straight Park actually starts a little before the dam. A little bit before the dam, yeah. yeah. It's and a mile it, or two. And it runs down the uh, eastern side of the finger of the river, and it's about twenty-one miles. No, it's it, more than that. It's twenty-six. Yeah, it's just almost a full marathon. Point three is what I got. Yeah. Huh. It's yeah. an ultra then, huh? Yeah. Twenty-six point three. You went south to north, right? I went north to south. Oh well, that's elevation gain. You're running it is up elevation river. Gain. So it's it's a net elevation gain, but everybody who's done the trail or or most of the trail has suggested that they think the north to south is actually faster and easier. And I I don't I don't have a firm opinion either way, but um, I'll say Eric Egan's explanation of why is that the the climbs. Uh, are different depending on which direction you go. There's more, there's more long, slow, or long, gradual downhills going north to south that you can just cruise. Yeah. Um, and and uh, those are long, grinding. Those are long, grinding uphills on the way north, and the climbs on the on the way south are just short and punchy. You just you grind them out. I got to know which way to go. And I think that's probably right. I also just felt like what you get at the southern end is six miles, seven miles of rail trail or road. Yes. At the at the end, and if you do that in the in the start, you're holding something back, and you don't know how much you can take advantage of it because you know you have twenty more miles well, to go. Well, Mike and I, we drank all of our water, so we didn't hold anything back. <laughs> Whereas, if I think you I run the trail right, you can hit that at nineteen miles, and then you just Right, you and just, still have water your, left. You let it go there, and it didn't work out perfectly for me. I hit, I hit the the road and the dirt trail, and I thought, I feel good. I'm going to go, and I got two miles into that, or a mile and a half into that, and I got a cramp because I was trying to push that section. I felt like I had the energy to push, and I got cramps because I think I was pushing at a rate that I wasn't trained for. Okay, and um, so I had to back off, and so I think what could have been for you know, under four twenty, something four fifteen to four twenty ended up being closer to four thirty because I was like, I had to stop, stretch out for a second, walk for a couple minutes, and then just kind of run the last five miles, thirty to seconds to a minute slower than I wanted to run. Gotcha. But um, still, if you if you timed it right, if you're trained well, if you pace yourself well, you could just let it all loose in that last six miles, you know. Makes sense. And the whole reason I ran that, I mean, I didn't feel like I was in ideal shape to run it. I, I kind of pegged that time to run it, and it didn't, training just didn't work out perfectly. I was, I knew I was trained well enough to finish it and run decently, but I was just like, oh, I'll run it, set a mark, at least then there'll be a mark on it, and maybe, well, you don't, we don't have races, but maybe some other people in the area will come and do it and then we can have this virtual camaraderie like this sort of we don't run a race together and compare afterwards but someone else comes along and runs it and we can talk about it afterwards and be like oh what worked for you and you know right how did you run that section faster than i did Um, yeah if you would have had some guy in treadlocks and tight black jeans and a black t-shirt and a black studded vest you would have ran 
at least twenty. I feel like I was faster. a good support crew. I've I, never, I did show up at the at the end. I, I came for the was, end. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I've never been good on that trail though. Well, Mike, Mike was there for my. You know what? What I say is the the race of my lifetime was my four thirty Sega Honda, and he he was there, um, medaled out, dude. And well, it, was, was, it was a long night the night before. It was inspiring. Like I slept here, right? That's one of the nights yeah, I slept yeah. here and didn't know you had a pool. Yeah, <laughs> well, but that's the way it goes. I mean, you know, we don't spend a lot of time in the pool. It's ninety x degrees right now, and we're Starting not in the pool. Not yeah. in the pool. <laughs> But um, yeah, that that trail. I don't know why. I really like that trail, though. I think it's got a decent challenge, as you found. It's all runnable, but it's still got some technicality to it. Um, it is remote enough, you know, and it is scenic enough. Yeah, that side of the park is is not used. So thinking about trails that are relatively free of crowds, that's one of those that being on that side of the park, except for one one day a year. It's Except pretty, for one day a year. It's pretty crowded. <laughs> um, is pretty empty. Yeah. And this year would be, I mean, this the northern end of it can be a, a little wet, but this year it would be bone dry. Was, Everywhere that, would be bone dry. You you ran when it was still pretty moist. It was wet. It, it dumped a, maybe three quarters of an inch, right? Like it stopped an hour before I started running. I was, it was pouring. Yeah, so those gullies had to be full of water. So, yeah, it was... It was muddy. It was a mess when I ran it. Um, but now, right now, it's got to be great. It's, it's probably be not even the, a trickle in those gullies. The challenge is the heat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mike, why don't you think you've been good on that trail? I've only, I've tried it once with each of you guys, yeah, and right I think I me. fucking botched it both times. I it was really hot out with Dobbin, and I I don't remember if it was hot out with you, but it felt like it, it was warm enough. Yeah, I didn't hydrate. Properly, yeah, and I, I think we didn't have enough. Did you ever run damn good? No, I ran many on the Jenny. Um, I don't know to what extent many on the. I'm also. I struggle with um, what things are, so I don't know how Which much many on the Jenny is actually like what Jamie it's the, ran. It's the day. whole thing. Okay, no. So whole, no, no. I mean it's it's twenty miles of what. You yeah, ran. but you come in many on the Jenny. You cross the bridge onto the east side. Yeah. And then you come in, you probably run 15 miles. Of yeah. Okay. Because you kind of that whole in. That whole second half of the FLT. Like, I remember we, both times I started at the bridge. I think yeah, we started, you guys started, started at the bridge. Yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. I was my familiar to I struggle with the, uh, the gullies, the constant up and down. That's, that, the gullies are a challenge. They break your, their stride. Yeah. yeah. You kind of like. Hit a nice stride, and then you have to dip down and dip back up. It's those little punchy things. Yeah, yeah, and there's, I mean, even during like Twisted Branch, there's not as many, or they're not as frequent, but they're on that course, and they bother me there too, but not as much. Well, and it's the question of do you do you dive right into it, like you put one foot in the bottom and you come out of it? Do you do you try to cross it? Like, you know, there, there's a few that you you've can, got a twenty foot climb. I mean, that's not this one step or something. Like that. Yeah, no, yeah. There's a few that you can jump over. Yes. And you're like, do I jump over it? But if you if you don't make it, then you just plant right into the the, other side. the uphill is a full on the other side. Kind of. yeah. yeah. But then I think also like I I've tried it both times with each of you, and probably gone in like out of shape, or as many on the Jenny being in reasonable shape and being with 150 other people and having that like race dynamic to play with. <clears throat> it's a lot easier to not get distracted by my own, like, 
self-loathing when things start to fall apart and i'm like oh shit you know i blew this one and now if i'm out there with one of you guys and things aren't going as badly for you i have to like yeah i don't know it's hard emotionally for me it's hard to bounce back from that sort of thing if i'm out with just one or two other people and we have an objective that's like let's run this in this time or you know let's try an fkt um see that that's interesting because i find it easier I find it easier to be alone in races. Like nobody gives a shit about me in a race. Right. But if I'm running with just like, if you and I were just out running, I would work my ass off to keep up with you. Like I would just, that would, because it's just you and I, and it's either you got to wait for me or I got to keep up. Whereas in a race, people are like deuces, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I guess that's fine. See ya. I'll, uh, I'll hang out back here. That could be part of the philosophy of running in, in a smaller group and also just how that can make you work harder than you ever would on your own or in a bigger race situation is if you're with people you know are a little bit faster than you or um, you know are going to challenge you in different ways because they charge hills in ways that you don't or whatever else, it's going to kind of push you into uncomfortable places and that may not be a bad thing all around. Oh, absolutely. I would never have done any of the things, whatever, whatever, however significant they may have been, I would have never done any of those things if I wouldn't have got hooked up with Weldon and Rutgerth and Green and Bertrand and Stratton. And then if I wouldn't have had Murtzak to race with, you know what I mean? Like, that that group is the reason why I've, if if I've did anything, you know, like to extend myself a little bit. It certainly wasn't like I me going out and seeing that oh I ran uh, a six thirty mile now tomorrow I'm going to run a six twenty five mile. That was not it. It was I'm running with these people and they're up there and they're doing things that aren't much different than what I'm doing. So I can probably do those things. Right? Not going to get up at four in the morning and drive to OCP for uh, a run that's going to start at OCP and race to the Boy Scout Overlook in order to catch the sunrise. If there's not four other friends that are like, hey, we should totally do that. And then it's a mini race to make sure we get to the sunrise on time. You know, that, Mm -hmm. that to me, I don't know. I think that makes me run faster than any race I've ever been in. I think the challenge that I find for myself, though, is at least in my current setting, I don't have anyone to do that with. Yeah. I mean, the one exception might be Jim Miloski, but I had been pestering him, and I found an email. It was something like seven or eight years old. It was my first request for us to run together, because he was in Buffalo already at that point. Um, and it's been that long, and we have still yet to run together. And he lives less than half a mile up the road for me and, and he's he puts me back together you know so i'm humpty dumpty he's the one doesn't take all the king's horses and all the king's men it just takes jim Malosky to put me back together yeah. again so let's put this out there hey jim it's time yeah. to respond to that email I, jim's, jim's life has changed a little bit and he seems to be like more out there right yeah. now about running and about running with people. He so. does, and he did invite me this year, which it got postponed, and I didn't accept the challenge. But when I didn't get into Western, he said, hey, I'm doing Trans Rockies, and if you want to do it as a team, I'll do it as a team with you. Now, here we've never run together, ever. We're just kind of competitively <laughs> around the yeah, 
first and he was like first round I don't know I, in some ways I guess that's his way of saying I think that we could we could do this together and and do a pretty phenomenal a job team. yeah I mean he, and all, yeah he had I think his Menden in 2013 was probably one of the better trail race performances yeah. that anyone's done around here um, was that the year that was it was Crosby Hale, Crosby and you him Crosby, second and yeah, myself yeah, yeah. third yeah that was a solid. And you know he, you know he has guts because of that twisted his first twisted branch finish. Yeah, yeah. he almost died. Uh, yep, yep. And then there's one last. He ran really well last year. He did. Yeah, yeah. He came back. He did. Yeah. So, but that's the only person in the area. I mean, he. he there's probably a couple of others, but well, and I think that Jim would much prefer going down to Ellicottville, which I do too. But as I said, like. That's a couple of days a week because that's a 45-minute drive. So it's an hour and a half of driving that I have to plan into, let's say, a two-hour run. So there's... But if you got together to do that once a week or something? Once a week, yeah, it would be it would be different. All right, Jim. He knows. Jim knows. He's, now it's going to be on Now it's going to be on you because now you're going to be... Hey, man, one. I've drummed him up enough business of runners <laughs> coming, coming to see him to square he out is, there. He is so good, dude. I went... I went to him one day and he's like, he did a little thing where he picked up my legs. He gave me a little side shake, gave me a little up and down shake. And he's like, all right, here's what we got to do. I left there feeling like I could go, you know, run a 50 K. When you, when you find a doc or, you know, PT or massage person that you trust and that you feel like you can work with, it is worth its weight in gold. And Jim being an ultra runner knows that the goal is to run. So he doesn't try to discourage running, which is good. And the second piece is he really isn't interested in drumming up repeat business. He just wants to get you back on your feet and get you out. So I appreciate it's not like, hey, now, okay, we got to keep doing this for you know four weeks, twice a week. And but he's like, if you feel better, great. Let me know when something doesn't feel right. And yeah, yeah, he's he does not subscribe to the Jeff Bezos model. No, I just sneak. <laughs> I went to his apartment like in February, and I he was trying to make me not pay him so I had to sneak cash into like a, a he had like a I candy it. jar there. I just yeah, like, like randomly jammed it in the sand. Which is you know, he's always like, It'll come around, it'll come around. No, but, but I mean he's he's good and he does good work and um if you're hurting and you're in the Buffalo area, you gotta look up Jim Malaski. Gotta go find him. Yeah, maybe he'll fix. Uh, he can uh, maybe, maybe he can fix your knee. Manufacture maybe. some or, or your you. shin or my shin is the problem right now. That's right. He 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 has all sorts of tools and tricks of the trade. He is back in the clinic now, as I understand. Oh so, yeah? yeah, good, good. All right. So, what are you guys going to do with the rest of your summer? Let's let's talk about that. That's a good question. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> I got to set some FKTs for Davin to go take down. <laughs> That's right. I'm just waiting for Jamie to do some stuff. You know so what? Then I can... uh, Davin, have you ever have you ever uh, looked at the outer loop times that Jamie and Mike used to put up up on Bristol? Uh, well, they're broken now. Yeah, I mean, they're and, irrelevant and now. They're... Mike said there's some like future Olympian yeah, ambitious. Tim just to really like just... a 300. At- the O2 Max. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, Tim's like a 2.13 marathon or something. Ty Chester went up there yeah, and he fucking, he, In the middle of a race, he like casually took four minutes off of it. Mm-hmm. So, off yes, I have. That is now, I think, yeah. entirely out of my range. Um, I've come to a place where I, I had some goals long ago, just kind of general, more fun goals of like running to Rochester from my house to my parents' house. That's not a fun goal. 
Jeff Green did that. Jeff Green did it. He he was short of my parents' house. Puking but, all over the place um, and shit. It's just one of those like when you know your feet can carry you to these things, why not attempt it? So I've thought about that. I've thought about the full Girard Trail, which is the trail that Oil Creek is on. You only run part of it during Oil Creek. The full trail is 38 miles, and it's a loop. And I've thought about going and doing the loop as an FKT um, unassisted because I know what 25 miles of the loop looks like. So I'm kind of just where's the rest of it to the north to the south south. Yeah, it goes south uh, further down into Oil City. Okay. Kind of ends just north of Oil City, so and then climbs back up. Aid Station Two or whatever that is. Right. You, yeah. You don't Petroleum go. You don't Center, go across the bridge. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you keep going south from there. To another bridge, I assume. Yes, eventually, you got to cross the river somewhere or wait across it. I'm not sure. Um, there is the Letchworth branch of the FLT that I've thought about, but that's kind of where I'm at. These days, um, the training cycle I put myself in would have had me running a 100-mile race this week, and instead I just cycled back into a, another training N- box. So. NPT. That's what you need to do. NPT. Oh, the Northville, Northville Placid? Placid? I was looking he's, at doing that. He's fast enough to do it, yeah, too. With, I'm with sorry, what is that's it? What was well, so there's two different team. competing mileages, right? There's the 164. No, they're like no. 120 something and 130 something. Okay. Yeah, 125 and 138 or something like that. And it's just about adding a road section on the end. At the end. Yeah. So the beginning is the same no matter what. What is well, this you're talking depends about? Depends which way. It's you go north. Northville Placid Trail runs. Um, it's from Lake Placid. Yeah. All the way down into the middle of the Adirondacks. It basically goes north-south, cuts across the whole Adirondack Park. And it is phew, flat. It's flat. Oh, really? There's Yeah. I mean, there's probably like less than maybe 10,000 feet of elevation, oh, getting yeah. over 130 yeah. miles or something like that. So so, right. Yeah. Which, which if you take like... Flat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Oil Creek is 18,000. The problem you're going to get is it's swampy Support. during the early season, buggy, yeah, and yeah. potential for blowdown and stuff like that. So all the and lack of support because it's right it's a backcountry trail yeah. right. the but whole way I, pretty that's much. That's what I said when you. There, there, I mean, there are road crossings, but there's there's about spread out. Yeah, there's about ten different road crossings. And some of them so, are probably pretty hard to get. Yeah, to. some are harder than others, but um, um, a couple water drops and you're good to go. Put a few gels in your fanny pack. Yeah, it, kind of thing you'd probably yeah. want to. Um, one of the like Sawyer mini filter or something like these straws that you can. Yep. Yeah, a little life straw. Uh, life yeah. straw, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to have sort of that security. And, yeah, or just because the logistics otherwise are not. Well, if you're doing it self-supported, certainly. And PT. Um, I, I was definitely, that was like a top goal for this year for me. Well, you want right to throw down together on that? Maybe, if things can, if I can get this shin under control. All right. Because uh, I, I think thinking, if I had, if I had somebody else... Be, I, I think this is where Jim was at with asking about trans rockets. Is I think that if you have somebody else to push you, and your low points, you're going to be pushed. I think that September, early October is the best time to do it, from what I've read, because probably early in the year yeah, it can temper- be buggy or swampy or too hot and temperatures. Yeah, and temperatures. So, and right now, I think with trail maintenance has been at a minimum because of COVID. It might help more people out there. It'd be it'd be a fun thing to have in the Palmares, as they say. At least that's cycling, but essentially that's. 
I don't know that word. I haven't. It just means in your repertoire. No, I meant cycling. I don't know that word. (laughs) Your race palmares. <laughs> no, I I've been looking at the NPT for two three years. Yeah, as far as I know, the FKT is is still uh, Cheryl Wheeler's time. Yeah, yeah, really, totally respectable. Okay. runner. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the time is? Twenty, less than thirty hours, uh, more than twenty four, somewhere in there. It could be a fun one. Interesting. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's what's what's really interesting about it, right? It's in Adirondack Park. Yeah. But it's flat. It like weaves it's through. A valley trail. Yeah, and you go through some of the towns that you're driving through when you go up to like Placid. You're going through like Pasico and you know, yeah, um, Speculator. All those kind of towns. You're cutting right through those all. So I've probably maybe been on thirty miles total of it. But it's like we're driving and we stop and do like five miles of the trail and come back. You know, something like that. Um, but it's, I mean, it's through the Adirondack parks. You're not going to get peaks, but you get a lot of really cool lakes that you're running by. Run by a lot of lakes and lean-tos yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That's just good scenery. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's yep. worth its weight in getting out there far enough to be to be in those places. And I think that's part of the drive, at least as I've defined it even with the 100 milers, is I get to see in one day what some people plan as multi-day treks I, I do in a single day and i get to see all of that that's that's what mike and i first started talking about when we were talking about twisted branch and stuff back in the day was mike's like you're gonna see some shit and you're gonna see it all in one day yeah. you know like if you've never done 65 miles in a day get get ready to take it in you know i not remember any of it at the end because, yeah. <laughs> sounds like a wedding yeah See it, see it now. People and I did. I eat. I can't remember. Yeah, that's amazing how much you you do remember though. Sometimes I don't know. Yeah, but you remember the weirdest things, you know. Oh, oh, oh! So callback to this to this uh, documentary that I watched. This one. This <laughs> I'm glad this, we're going back this there. This terrible it was so memorable and great. <laughs> so bad. So okay. So he does all this training, right? He's training and he's doing all this running and he's done back-to-back 20 milers or whatever and stuff like that. Um, and he's on race day at Leadville, right? And he starts and he's at like mile 13 and he's holding his GoPro and he's like, Oh my God, that was miserable. Uh, I thought I was, I thought I was doing okay. And then I had to poop and. And so I waddled two miles into the aid station and he said, he said something. I, he's like, I used the porty potty for the first time ever. And he's like, I got poop on my hand twice. What? And, and then so this guy is not ready to run. Not not ready to run a hundred miles. He needs some lentils is what he needs. (laughs) But he was like, (laughs) (laughs) he was like, I pooped in a porta potty for the first time ever. And I thought he meant like on a run. And I was like, well, that's weird, but okay, whatever. And then it cuts to him doing his stand up comedy speaking bit. And he goes, I'm weird about pooping. Well, I don't think I'm worried about pooping, but all my friends think I'm worried about pooping. He's like, I only poop at home. And, and then, and everybody kind of goes, oh, and he goes, well, I only poop at home if I could take a shower immediately afterwards. <laughs> and, and everybody's like, what? This guy shouldn't be a runner. 
<laughs> at least not a not a hundred mile ultra runner. Because he's like, oh, you think I'm weird? Oh, you're weird because you just take the thinnest paper on planet Earth and just smear it all over yourself and go, I'm okay. And so, anyways, but so he pooped in a porta potty for his first time ever at a hundred miler at mile thirteen, and like downhill from there yeah that'd know? probably be for him a, a huge crater you couldn't uh, get over I, I gotta imagine that would be cat- i've because i've been in some porta potties that could ruin your day like i have oh to, yeah I yeah have. the stuff that you go in it's like <laughs> people are so weird about shit we had a guy shit his pants while he was getting fitted for shoes at medved once and he like, like it was you no it wasn't i was you shit your- i shit my pants while i was fitting someone for shoes it's <laughs> a different story was, uh, yeah <laughs> that was a totally different day but this guy stood up and like the poop went down his pants into the shoe and it was like i guess he had to buy those <laughs> fuck no i didn't we, <laughs> those are yours we put them on the return shelf and they went back to the manufacturer uh, they're in my my uh, uh, garage actually a 50 miler before his 100 miler like me he would have gone into the shitter afterwards in the porta potty sat down cramped up while in there and then just basically rolled out of the yeah. <laughs> porta potty because he couldn't stand back up. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to be comfortable with poop. So, so you've had your fair share of my I know my favorite Mike Walden poop story, but share the one you were about to share. What what at work? At Med- well, I don't know, the one you were just Oh no, calling. yeah, I was putting shoes on a lady and I had just developed like a significant GI issue and I wasn't really ready for it and I, so I started it's probably like a week prior, but I was still part time and like super poor and shit. And I, um, so I was working like two shifts a week. And I had love that train. Um, I I had been at home for for a lot of days since this happened, and I could just go to the bathroom and everything was good. But then at some point, it got to the point like you you'd just be sitting there, standing there, and you wouldn't know that you were about to poop, yeah. and poop would just poop. I that guess happen. Yeah, it wasn't Crohn's, but it was it was like intermittent colitis or something. I don't know what it was, but I was putting shoes on this woman. We actually gotten like the perfect shoe and I was I knew it. I'd put it on and tied it. I was like, this is the one and just suddenly I was like, Man, I'd shit my pants and was like, I'm gonna go to the back because we gotta try a different size. So I had to so I like, you know, BS my way to the back and cleaned up and uh, got just Got her uh, landed the half the size bigger and was like, let's just go back to the. I could, yeah, Sorry, I was it took me that. like ten minutes. But yeah, <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I really find the wanted box. to make sure we got the right. But I like it's. I have a storied history with like you were with me on the crescent. I think when oh, the yeah. guy the we cop, were doing a recon because it was the first time I was going to run zero SPF and yeah. and uh, I said, do you know the course? And you're like, yeah, yeah. Which you kept checking your which phone, which told me you didn't yeah. know the course at all. Yeah, I didn't know a fucking thing. He doesn't about know it. any. Course. I don't know any course. I don't know how to get here. He has problems at mine yep. ducks. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I, I went with the wrong person. <laughs> like, hey, by, can you show me the course? I drive sure. by my own house like oh. three times a week. No, you went with the right up. person for running the course. You just yeah. should have brought somebody else that knew it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah there, but there was a cop sitting at a road crossing. Absolutely. And we came out, and it's the kind of shit where like I would tell most people, and they'd be like, "Oh, you're fucking like you lie about shit." But Dobbin was there, and the guy was like, we have reports of a homeless guy shitting in the woods. And uh, he thought I was, you know, you know, I, yeah, I was that guy. I, it wasn't me, but these things happen. And, uh, yeah, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not uncomfortable my, talking. My favorite story is, uh, so, again, another good race of mine was Muddy Sneaker. Yeah. When we... Uh, oh, the... 
Yeah. We, yeah. So we had our pre-race meeting, um, our little team, our gaggle of folks. We all met before Muddy Sneaker. There were teams? No, well, we had a team. We had a squad. That, that's why we all did so well, because we had a team. If Mike could get to be over 40, maybe we could make a Masters cross-country squad and dominate this. Trying to get under 40. You're talking about age. <laughs> I'm talking about weight. Okay. <laughs> Mike's trying to get under 40 pounds. Yeah. I'm working on it. Um, but no, we, we met the night before and we all talked about our races. And obviously, Mike being the, the leader of the pack there, he was very quiet about his times. That's where Laura gave me the ultimatum that I was going to be below two hours at Mighty Sneaker. Is this the, the Twisted Branch training year? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and she was like, you're going to be below two hours, unacceptable above two hours, you know? Um, and we all talked about our race goals and Weldon didn't say anything. He's going, doing his thing. Just, just, yeah. <laughs> um, I had to get the slowest swimming time ever. Yeah. So Weldon, we come to the race and, uh, Weldon's like, I'll be right back. Uh, Chris, you got that toilet paper? Oh yeah. yeah. That Here was the go. year I didn't, I didn't win Muddy Sneaker because I was running Zane yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you were in Arizona. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Not not because I wanted, but because because <laughs> you weren't there. But Mike, Mike goes That's, into the woods and actual and facts. he proceeds to come out and talk about how perhaps there was more blood content than there should That's right. have. Yeah, been. I had a problem that year. <laughs> and he's like, "It shouldn't have been bleeding that much." And I'm like, "Mike, it shouldn't have been bleeding at all." Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. And then he proceeds to throw down, uh, you know, and win. I mean, this probably beets. Yeah, it's it's either that. Or I, I ate a lot of beets. The, the next morning's always like, man, it's a surprise. Oh, it's always it a surprise beets? if you eat yeah. beets. But that's a like muddy sneaker. Two years after that, three, when we all went back, um, and there was like a lot. That was the first. Natalie and I went into the woods with like Catherine and Garrett or something. And I remember I was showing people how I. would the new way to poop in the woods for me was to find a downed tree and sit on it. Just sit on it, yeah. Sit on it on the were, log. It's like, how were people baffled by this? I thought it was I'm a big clever. Fan. But yeah, I sat there and I was like, um, Natalie and I just, and this came up the other night with her family at the dinner table about <laughs> us watching each other poop. And I was, yeah. God, I, so we yeah, didn't cover, we didn't exactly cover what you're doing with the rest of your summer. Yeah. I'm not doing anything, so I'm, Gonna put on some weight. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's your goal. <laughs> preparation to yeah, as preparation to lose a lot of weight. Yeah. yeah, when you see results, set yourself an easy target. Yeah. Um, no, I don't. So my, I have no fitness. I blew two months of the year not running at all for the first time since I started running. Uh, I stopped drinking for a couple months, and then I was like, "Cool, this will help." But I, I somehow gained way and um i just feel like a dick i'm dead. people people when i talk about body weight and things like that i think it might come off as like a not kind to, uh, body shaming thing but it's not it's, it's purely just it feels way better to run for a long time when you don't weigh as much and i think most people would agree that the lighter you are the easier well, I think, you, long, I think I, you capture that correctly when you say your real goal is to get back down to your birthday. Yeah, yeah, and I like because I, you know, I'm not trying to be skinny. I'm trying to be as light as you possibly can for a long fucking and you, time. And yeah, you were and I, born right around eight pounds. Yeah, so. yeah and mom birthed a two year old. <laughs> <laughs> two, two of, of you. Two of us, even yes. Um, 
but yeah, but, woman. So she spectacular broad. Uh, <laughs> what was your birth weight? Twins are usually a little smaller. Lot. We're we're collectively we weigh more scrappy. than a, more than a person, but. Uh, more than a person. Yeah. Enough to where she's what, like, what cut, age? she was like, cut me open and take them out. Yeah. A vote a voting aged person. <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, I don't I don't remember this good question. Because I'm gonna have to get down to that and I need to know. Because yeah, I didn't think about the fact that you were I twins. Mean, I mean you probably, probably don't more have, like six pounds. I have like weird goals. Less. Like I wanna be able to sit in my car without my seatbelt buckled and drive without that thing beeping. So like so that it wouldn't know that somebody. Didn't that notice that you're there. So yeah, it 20, does happen. So, so twenty five. Like, I got to weigh less than a bag of groceries. Twenty five. Not sure that even lets you drive. <laughs> it doesn't think well, there's we'll someone. Oh uh, no, it does. It beeps. It beeps. It beeps. And eventually, he finds out how long it takes till it gives up. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but my years, I I don't any longer care about racing because there's no races to do, and I have anxiety about running with people because of my fear of not being able to keep up and then the self-loathing that goes along with that. And, um, I think it's so funny because you were the guy that so many people chased for so long and now you feel like you can't keep up. Yeah. I mean, we're all chasing people. I'm just, I think for Jamie and I, you're also one of our favorite people to adventure with or to get into Tom fool. Yeah. You feel real fucking good every time I blow up on a, (laughs) you don't understand we're blowing up too. I mean, I peed coffee. I know. I saw I tried coffee to drink it. come out of my. I said, "Is that caffeinated?" <laughs> and then went and drank like nine gallons of water. Sat there in air conditioning, and then finally decided that it would be a good idea to run the water back up to you in the trail. But I guess what I'm saying is, I, I think for Jamie and I, you also inspire something in us. So when you get into these places of self-loathing and self-doubt, when I text you and I say. Hey man, how you doing? Are you putting any any miles in? It's not to get you into a, a sneaky hay spiral. It's because maybe I have my own desire of wanting to get into one of those adventures and knowing that they're only going to be great when you're ready also to join me in them. So what he so what he's saying is poo and poo and uh, I'm saying tigger, get your ass in poo gear, and man. Tigger need their Eeyore. That's right. <laughs> You know, for myself, I, 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 there's a part of me that wishes you all lived closer to Buffalo because I think that there would be different trails that we would be exploring. I the, Al- the Allegheny National Forest. Well, you are. You live closer to Rochester. Yeah, you this are. So from, true. You are from Rochester. You know, we you, have churches. You all do have better trails. We have churches that. here too. Yeah, it's my it. fault. <laughs> you blew it. Yeah, we have churches and we have dioceses. We have all those things. I could have you a church in a week. <laughs> I signed up for Massanutten. We didn't. Uh, yeah. So I got roped. Let's into talk some about bullshit. this. Whoa! I started yeah, drinking. Yeah. I was drinking one night. And I'm, I'm not there yet. You should yeah, be. Though. I think Ian started this, right? Ian this was did. the Ian thing. Ian yeah. said some shit about signing up for Massanutten, and then Jamie was like, it was "This and this is what I got on Facebook for a minute, and this is why you don't go on Facebook." I don't go on because Facebook because I saw this shit. Said I'll do it, and I said, "Fuck it, I'm in." And was it three hundred bucks? Three hundred dollars? No, it's like two. Just over two hundred. To me, it felt like three hundred dollars. Right. One of the great things about Massanutten, when I did it in twenty seventeen, it was one hundred and eighty dollars. See, that's a good hundred mile good, price right there. Yeah. That's solid. And yeah. it's they've bumped it up just a little bit, but it, they've stayed reasonable. Yeah. Whereas you know you could pay four hundred and twenty five dollars plus like twenty five dollars for ultra sign up for for Western states, or you can pay one hundred and eighty dollars and go run Massanutten. Like that, like I I respect. That hundred milers, I think, are expensive to put on, and I'm all of it. Like even Twisted Branch is like, what a monumental endeavor to put on. And I 
Okay, I. But yeah, that was. Um, that's going to be if it happens. Yeah. Let's talk about. Okay. 2021. Okay. Yeah. So wait, let's, let's hold there. on. I, 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 because we did mention Massanutten, that made me think about um, Hellbender. You got screwed out of Hellbender this year, huh? Uh, I was not signed up for Hellbender this year. I signed up, I think, last year. See, I, right? you, you no, used Hell, were. and I'm like, Hellgate, Hellbender. No, I don't know. Grindstone Jamie just has this at, thing with yeah, then you're signed, with Hell. You signed up for Hellbender. At Grindstone, you registered for Hellbender on the way down to Grindstone. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I did, but Hellbender, I guess I maybe pulled out a bit yeah. before, before, okay. before COVID. COVID yeah. okay. I just realized right. it was not, the training was not going to work out. Right. The things were going to work out. That's the Asheville one, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, second, yeah, yeah, second year. Right? And it's still actually, I, as far as I know, it's still on. They rescheduled it for the fall. Okay. Um, That's all. I didn't want to side rail. I didn't want to side rail the mess and nothing, but I remembered that and I was it's like. It's still what I want to do. I was like, wait a minute. Hobbs never did that. I, I think there's been a lot of a, adjustment that many of us have tried to make. So. Kettle Moraine was my main marquee race this Man, year. Man, I love that trail. Um, love I it. think that's still going to be what I'm going to approach next year. And the reason is because the timing of it is nearly like Western. So I'm trying to approach my spring in a way that I can mirror the year that I get into Western. So I'm trying to perfect my spring to coordinate with the year I finally get into Western. Um, well, that got postponed and then canceled. Once it got canceled... Um, I signed up for the Arkansas Traveler, I think it is. Uh, and that was in supposed to be in October. And that one got canceled. And right now I'm on the wait list for Hennepin in Illinois. But most likely it's going to get canceled too. That's the fast one, right? Yeah, it's really fast. So I think the course is, record's 13 is Sweeney. Like yeah, 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 yeah. So 2021, one of the considerations for everybody here is Western States. Right, like well, I mean, you they're gotta, they're bumping every entry into twenty twenty one. Well, so. twenty twenty one is going to be everything's going to everybody every race that has rolled over into twenty twenty one is going to be sure. Yeah, how's that work? Hard to get into now. So right. wait, right. that's why I was shocked when Mass Nutton went online and was just open to register. I figured everybody that got canceled from Mass Nutton this year was just going to be rolled over and it would be impossible to but, get uh, into. Well, we can broaden this a little bit. I think you're running into the same thing with the Boston Marathon is how are they going to approach qualifying races for these races that have been delayed right. for yeah, a year? This is fucked up. And, and, and I, I don't, I don't know. Weldon, that's what Weldon was just going to ask is, how does the it. deferrals and the qual- – you don't have a 2021 qualifier. Your 2020 qualifier counts. Yeah, so am I still like able you to still roll have a ticket? over? Can I still get a ticket from my last? Do I- exactly. Like, well, the races yeah. that do qualifying stuff and, and have – lotteries i think are going to be race by race they're going to say either your 2019 race still counts as a qualifier or or not you know yeah that's fucked up okay i I think if we enter 2021 and there is racing in 2021 those races will say you got to run a race in 2021 well but you have to have for western states 2021 you that would either, be for the 2022 race. No, but for Western states, that's going to happen in June of 2021. Although that's everybody that's already taken, in. Yeah. Right. But then they're going to have drops and then they're going to have the wait list. Small. Yeah. Not that many. The wait list is still deep as far as how many numbers they pull. Is it like, because like with Twisted Branch, you have to, if we roll over, we still have to sign up again. We have yeah. to re-register, right. which is problematic. I can't even fucking pay my water bill, let alone remember to... I mean, I need a warning. 
Yeah. Like, well, yeah, no. So play. what's what's going to happen with Twisted Branch is if you were registered, you either had the option to defer or yeah. to donate. You know, and then there will be another registration period. There's no lottery to. No, get but like for the branch. deferral, Scott was like. I was like, hey, man, cool. And he's like, yeah, don't forget to actually you still have to yeah, sign up Yeah, he'll again. send out an email that says, yeah. hey, everybody, register. Hopefully. But it's not it's not a you have to pay again. But you're also just in. Whereas Western states, you have to have a ticket and you have to put it in a lottery and you have to be drawn. I think a lot of races that got canceled or postponed, they gave you the option. I think this is what Jamie was saying with Cayuga of you can defer to the next year or you can get a refund. And then if you decide next year you want to run, you're going to have to re-register. Yeah. Yeah. But what what I'm saying is with Western States 2021, everybody that was in 2020 gets rolled over. Correct. But if they drop off, they're going to fill up the wait list. And how do they choose to fill up the wait list? You mean as far as having to redraw lottery? Because nobody's, nobody's got tickets from 2020 races. Well, they'd have to go back, I think, into who was in the lottery for I mean, 2020. It gets tricky. That or they're just going to have to say what we got is what we got, and we're going to run with what we have. And when the wait list is exhausted, that's that's it. We're just going to go with that. Between the wait list that they already have, which is 50 deep, and the... I don't know that they're going to have to go. Yeah, but you figure people that get people that get laid off, people that have other plans. I mean, there's people that come from all around the world. Those countries could be having COVID problems. I could easily see 50 drops. It's possible, yeah. I could easily see 50 drops. So, thankfully we don't have did, to figure they out They are the opening some <laughs> yeah, spots you, to You and I are safe, Dobbin. The the lottery or not lottery, but their simple raffle that they have. We buy, which is oh, yeah. a fundraiser for them. We could all move to California and be in the crowd, and then we could get in. Yeah, those people seem to get in with ease yeah. if you're watching the lottery. I mean, I guess if you're in the crowd and you're with 350, 400 people, and you're like, those 10 people got in. God darn it. But, I mean, that's 10 people. That's they can also thing. easily just fill in with yeah. you know, volunteer slots. You know, yeah, I guess I just... Aid stations and stuff like that. I guess, like to Davin's point with Boston, I, I don't understand... There's no qualifying times, so you got to use 2019 qualifying time. You would have to, like, yeah, or yeah. lotteries. Lotteries just feel really tricky. You know, what do you do? You'd redraw the lottery or something. I don't know. I don't know, fellas. Um, so Hobbs, I don't have to make I mean, those decisions. Yeah, I don't have to either. I mean, Hobbs is registered for a qualifier, and that's I think what happens with 2021 for many of us who are looking to maintain our our tickets is we're going to find a race that's going to be a qualifier, just like we would have this year otherwise, and yeah, we're going to run that race. And the thing I thought about you is you have like 27, you know, consecutive years. If they're like, <laughs> this is what it feels like. If they don't, <laughs> feels like that. To, yeah, let me think about it. I know you've seven been, years. You've been running Western. You've been qualifying for Western states since before I met you. <laughs> if I get in next time before you, I might just have you go run it and go. I just wear your number. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, <laughs> and then and then there's Horton. You ain't that girl with the boy's name. <laughs> that ain't you. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So, Hobbs, what are you doing with the rest of your year? I don't know. Rest of this year or the rest yeah, of this year? Yeah, the rest of this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens with if I can work out my knees and my shins. The Northville Placid keep... is ours. What's that? NPT. Then NPT. There's a, a chunk of the 
FLT that I really have been wanting to run, which is goes from the Letchworth branch to the twisted the Bristol Hills branch. It's about eighty miles. Um, I've run a couple sections of it, and I'm going to run a couple more just to kind of explore. If I could run it all in one go, that'd be fun. Um, if there's a late fall race that happens and it feels safe at that point, maybe I'll run it. Otherwise, I'm just kind of looking forward to 2020. Yeah, I liked when you said Hellgate, and then I remembered that that's down in Virginia. So I was kind of like, ah. Yeah. No, Hellgate would be perfect because you don't have to – it's in December. You don't have to make the decision until October. Um Except for the fact that you have to travel halfway across the eastern seaboard to get there. And Horton makes you spend two and a half hours in a room with everybody while he pontificates. Well, then you got to train. And he probably yes. doesn't believe that COVID is an issue. I'm just assuming from. I, I'm going to guess based on his Horton. general theology. Yeah. He's canceled his other races, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's and yeah. sad and about I'll, it. So. I'll refrain. I'll refrain from character judgments. I will uh, fuck that. But I'll, I'll defer to the, <laughs> the man from Brighton. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah. So, what, what about you, Chris? What do you got for? jeez, uh, you know what? Um, drink. I see you're drinking another one. These are four point three percent, buddy. Yeah, you gave me an eight. I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> That's so. You need some? Yeah. No, I will in a second. We're good. What's that? The this one I gave you was this was the kind kitty. kind kitty. No, I know <clears throat> the other half that I gave you. Oh, was the other seven point two or something. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I drank a couple early. We should yeah. just smoke weed. Should have closed the doors in here. And seven, weed. yeah. Let's point two. You let's bake this fucking. Narragansett for jaws. Eyes are like a doll's eyes. <laughs> um. So yeah, for me, uh. Well, this gets into what we were going to talk about for the after show. Like, I'm trying to regain... Oh, this is an after show. Okay, you want to do the after show? No. Should we do the after show and then go back and clip back into the... <laughs> get into the real deal? Yeah, I'd be like, well, we're back we now. come back to you if you We're want. back, we've been in the pool. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> let's go out it's to the kitchen. <laughs> let's go out to the kitchen. <laughs> I took a shit. What's with the pillow? I did that for your son. I appreciate that. That was a, that was problematic for. Yeah, me, you didn't so. notice that I did that because oh, no, it relieved yeah, your sunlight problem. I think we got it right as the sun went down. Okay, thanks. Mike's determined. Not to really, I think we're pretty much into the afternoon. <laughs> no, that's fine. There's I'll no just, beer spillage. I think we're safe still. I'll just set, I'll just edit that out. It's only your. You can't microphone. edit anything out. This is. I I don't have hearing we, in my left ear, but I'll we should have done this live. All right. No. See that dial. Uh, other side. Yep. Yeah. That one. Turn it and slide it in a little bit. That's what she said. <laughs> Here we go. We're good. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'm gaining uh, perspective. Let's put it that way. Um, I think I'm gonna cut some. I'm gonna cut some things out of my life that need to be cutting, and I'm gonna be adding some things that need to be added. And uh, one of those things that need to be added is. Uh, I, I want to get back to running early morning miles. So you've just been about as obtuse as you can be yeah. as far as any sort of goals. There's no I just like, said, hey, right I want to go to the Adirondacks. No, I, I just said my goal is to add in early running, 
early morning running miles. Okay, no, you didn't say that, but now you have. I did, did that. He, I did that did right at the end. Right, right, right when you as, as you were prepping your your argument, my, my rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. That's not dramatic. Enough. I'm sorry. I'm next <laughs> to a lawyer. As I was prepping my rebuttal to you. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, um. No, that's what I want to do. I want to get back to running early in the morning. I, I wanna, say this every week, yeah. and like I do it two days a week, and then. Yeah, not the rest of the break. Right, right. You know why? It goes back because it's all you know about why? those two days. I'll tell, tell, me I'll tell you exactly. I'll tell, tell you exactly why it happens. <laughs> no, that's not <laughs> that's, that's why that's it happens. No, there's one one cause, that's but the other cause is there are a couple nights a week where I'm all set to do it, and then the two year old right. wakes oh, no. up in the middle that's of the night. The, that's the other part is I have the I have the morning getting the kids ready, doing all the stuff. But you know what? I could do it after the kids were ready. I can, you know what I mean? No, like, I have to do it. I will well, remind you guys I have to do it of between 4:30 and let you in on a thing. I don't have children yet. Yeah, sleep. What's going on? We're working on it. All yeah, so uh, <laughs> sleep feels as good to me as it would to you also at 4 a.m. when you wake up and you're like, "Man, I could really go hammer out 20 miles right now, but I could just go to sleep." And I like that is no, you don't go to sleep at four a.m. You stay asleep. <laughs> no, at 4 no, I just I do all of it, but I you know fucking wake up and drink a sure, beer. Sure, sleep feels just as good. But the fact, like, if you've actually been woken up at two thirty yeah. in the morning, right, and can't right. get back to sleep until four in the morning, yeah, then- I, and that's the thing. Like I, so I not having, and I understand your difficulties here, and I want to. I have a lame excuse to blame, and it's a morbidly obese cat that fucking claws the shit out of me at three o'clock every morning. Trying every to fucking excuse. every excuse is important. sounds like a child. It's a bad no. Yeah. It's a it's a bad one. Like they claw, you know, feed me. I say, get the fuck out of here. You're, That's you're a, too, you got to deal with that. That's really it's right. something to deal with. But and then the, the getting back to sleep, which it turns out there yeah. is science yeah. indicating that if you drink before you go to sleep and then not you wake up, restful. you cannot not get back yeah. to sleep right. afterwards. Yeah. And that's yep. so that's what you got to time your drinking, right? Or, so or, or I love the science behind <laughs> this. Yeah. I was thinking this was headed in a different no, direction. There's, there's solutions or you got to drink later. And then when you wake up, you're just ready to go. Yeah. So my thing is, um, I was doing, you know, I got my, my new start in the running, was in 2012, 2013. I had two three-year-olds at that time. The best three-year-olds. They're pretty cool. I got to show you. You you saw Riley, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, she's legit. Haircut is nice. She knows what's up. Um, they were three. There were two of them. The, we were we we had to play man-to-man defense, you know. And yet, I still was like, it was important enough for me to get up early in the morning. When they were asleep and go, and I did that. Um, but there were other differences. Like that was at this point in my job where I was like 15 years in, and I didn't have to show up early, and I didn't really care, and I was kind of mailing it in, which is the reason why I quit that job because I didn't love mailing it in. Blah blah blah. But the point being was I prioritized it and I did it first. That's that's sort of my plan is to work towards making it be the first thing I do. Like it's not going to be something I do Monday morning, but I have to start going. Why wasn't it first this morning? Why wasn't it first this morning and see if I can move that thing out because I love running early summer mornings. We don't have rain. 
There's not a lot of traffic, like all the crap. Like you just get out. You just get out and go. Other than people nearly backing into you out of their driveways. Yeah. 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 Well, it's not five degrees yet. Yeah. It's not super hot, which I can't run in super hot. And then you get Or five degrees on the opposite of the scale. But how does it like, so when you had, see, I, I always, and I don't know if it's just because of the horror stories, because I'm the last person I know that doesn't have any fucking kids, but everybody I know that runs has kids. I have the impression that kids make it very difficult to maintain a like a running rhythm. Yes, and I don't. And no, right? It does unless you make the so when when um, when we were working through all this, we made arrangements. We talked about it. We planned the schedule. Like I mean, Jamie figures out how to do it, right? Yeah. Davin figures out how to do it. You talk and you have conversations. What we did though was like over time we sort of let that like erode. I missed a couple days. I got a little lazy and then it was like, okay, I'm going out for my running run. Wait a minute. You haven't run in three weeks. I was planning on doing X. Oh, um, well, you can't do X cause I'm going to go out for a run. No, I already committed to doing X and that if you let that all erode, but if you keep that like up to date and you keep making those arrangements, you're gone on a regular day. You're gone for an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, it scared the shit out of me, like, as a someone that hasn't had to face that yet. But also, like, I see I'm regularly outperformed by peers that have children, and it's... Yeah, but, it's, but you make, like you said, you got bath time, Jess, I'm gone. And you're gone for an hour, hour and a half, and you're back. Yeah. Like, it's not I'm driving down to Hammondsport, and I'm doing a 50K on the trail every day. That's that's not what That'd you're be funny doing. as shit though. Yeah. That you was... got bath time? <laughs> yeah, you got bath time. <laughs> well and that there's where I'm at with the challenge of trails in Buffalo is you tag in forty five minutes of driving to get to a trail, you've just yeah. made an hour and a half of driving. I can't run for two hours plus an hour and a half and make it three and a half to four hours where I've been gone. It's not going to work with my professional life. It's not going to work with my family life. So I run roads and I run them hard because that's what I can functionally do. But I think it has to come down to priority. And I am a better husband and a better father because I take this time. And I recognize it and I know it. And I know it when I'm running well that I'm also doing those things well also. Right, right. and that's... And so for me, that has become a top priority is I understand those things about myself and I have said to my spouse that I will never let my running interfere with my capacity to be a father or a husband. It will never exhaust me so much, even a 100-mile run, that I won't come home and play with my daughter if it does, then that's the day that it stops. But instead, you know, I'm I'm not the Energizer Bunny, but you, I'm able you, to play all pretty, the time. You're and, pretty fucking close approximation. Yeah. yeah. Um, last two Sundays ago, just funny story here about parenting and training. On Sundays is I I run six days a week. I don't run on Sundays. It's just been always kind of I always that's have the one Lord's day, off. day. It is the Lord's Day. Um, no, I've just always felt like one day off of not running has done me well. But I cross-train on those days, and um, so I have a jump box. I use a stair on my deck. I do everything as body weight training. And my daughter will come out and jump on and off the jump box and do all the stuff as well. And I just kind of feel like this is functionally teaching her also what it is to be active, what to maintain, what 
you know, what it looks like to main activity, um, how to care for yourself. And she's just playing, you know, here I am like training, but she's just playing. And it reminds me that this is why we all got into it. At some point, this was play. And it still is at some points. When we get out there on the trail, sometimes I recognize that we're just playing. We're not thinking about it anymore. We're just playing. So was the funny part of the story when you said body weight training? <laughs> it was. It was, you know, body weight as cause, in uh, cause birth if, weight. Because if you want to train, you should try lifting my body weight. <laughs> Yeah, what are you clocking in now? Um, I'm I'm down. I'm down. I'm at I'm at 191 right now. Uh, let's get a scale. Yeah, digital. Bring it up. <laughs> I haven't checked today. You're not at 191. Nah, deuce, deuce and a half. No, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> I'm down. But uh, like I said, my vest was riding up around my armpits. I had to figure that out. You know, 191 is not ideal. No, no, no. But. Um, like it, it's it uh, reduces the bounce. It's not about the number. It's about the bounce. No, you know? I mean it's, it's a big fucking deal. Like I, I'm one sixty probably right now, one sixty two ish. Yeah, and you're not built for. But when I, I'm not at all. So when I ran like Twisted Branch last year was a decent race. I was one forty, one forty one, one thirty nine. The day after I weighed myself and was one thirty nine. So I think going and I was probably yeah, that's what you're built for. Though. And that's yeah. So when I hit like one fifty, one sixty, and. Of course, carrying 20 pounds around your waist feels like shit. It's not a healthy weight. I sure shit don't have Mike and I stay about the same weight, biceps but like, to speak of. I got an he's two inches taller yeah. than me. So. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and I, but like, I mean, back to the topic at hand, the, the parenting thing, as it's, you know, inevitably going to become relevant in my life and all of my friends' kids are going to be fucking 30 by the time I spawn a child. Um, that's always kind of Well, you probably me. have some, you just don't know it. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll start showing up someday. Um, Breaking world records. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cash in. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> hey, trust me, kids, I'm not worth anything. I gave all my no, money away. You'll be the first father to cash in. Well, no, you won't be the first father <laughs> to cash in. I have to go in. after all my kids for their money. Um, yeah, but like you guys, I mean, I, I, that's why I always feel weird. A, I'm younger than all of you, and B, I don't have the life situations that you have and i really can't fucking complain about anything uh oh well, yeah we here can, i am we finding can all everything complain I... about things we can also <clears throat> appreciate things you know yeah I do. A and lot we can more tell you what you have to look forward to and not to look forward <clears throat> to i mean every person in this room minus yourself is over 40 and i think that we would all tell you that it gets better from where you are right? <laughs> <clears throat> you want so desperately to be a birth weight but it's a significant challenge after 40 it just doesn't come off in the same way. It does not. No, I found that actually. And I think Jamie and I have talked about this where, like, as I get older, the volume that I'm doing no longer dictates the. It, it doesn't just automatically shed. Yeah. Right. Above 50 miles used to just <clears throat> melt it off. Shed. Yeah. Above 60 miles, I wait, would go down and pound it two every week. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. I mean, nothing. Yeah. No, nope. I can go 60 miles a week or more every week and just stay the same or gain. Yeah. Yeah, this is the weird part about my recent adventure with not drinking. I was like, this will go quickly. Two months I was doing, you know, the second month was 50, 60, 65 miles a week, and I was still gaining weight. And then I started drinking again, thinking maybe that's not the thing, and maybe now I'll lose weight. And I just kept gaining weight. And uh, here I am now just giving up on the whole thing. Yeah, but you know what? I found I, I, I did uh, two months of... Not drinking, which for me, drinking really amounts to um, 
evening carbs, unnecessary, unnecessary evening carbs, which everybody will say cuts carbs. You know, that's the first thing. It's not unnecessary carbs. Yeah, right. Every I don't, car- I don't totally subscribe to the philosophy. Every carb is yeah, every carb is, is they're, they're every, empty calories. Yes. I'll just go more generally and say empty calories. Yeah. But um for me, like when I did that, like it didn't well, you know, I mean, I've done it a couple couple times where I've done like January and February or like, you know, um October, something like that. It it's not the miracle cure. Like the miracle mm-hmm. cure is <clears throat> running long time habits and good exercise, right? Like those are the long term cures. You can't just do something for a month. You can't train for a month and run your goal race. Like you can't you can't eat well for a month and be at your goal weight. Like it's That's a lifestyle, lifestyle thing, right? Yeah. Like it is you a can't lifestyle. outrun thirteen thousand calories of liquid. <laughs> no, because you can't you can't yeah. run. <laughs> That's the problem. That's a heck of a night. Fuck yeah, dude. That's yeah. some serious IPAs there. Sept up a lot. It's not dry hopped. It's just hops. <laughs> well, I, I think that what is interesting is if you've been in this game long enough, you start to notice those changes, whether it's your your body shape or whether it's seasonal. So I will gain anywhere from 5 to 10 pounds in the late fall all the way through to the spring, and then I'll lose. I do that on a Saturday. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it's Thursday to Monday we're talking about. <laughs> I'll I'll lose that in the summer. Now, that being said, my general weight has kind of crept up as I've aged as well. And and I'm a light guy. I know that. I'm a small guy still to this day. Can't shop in the children's section anymore. Nope, nope. I'm now in young adult. <laughs> but no, I've it, matured that much. It's, it is true, though. I mean, you can take these things for granted, like... Like everybody wants to go back to their, you know, glory days, right? They, I could throw a football over the mountain. <laughs> well, those of us that heart heart rate can see it too. I mean, my low is still fine, but my high, I I can't hit the same sort of highs I used to be able to hit a decade ago. Where all, all I hit are high. I know, I know I, my high looks like my resting heart. Rate. I'm just, if I I measure it every night in bed. First, I because I have to walk upstairs to get into bed, so I give it a few minutes to get back down. <laughs> he loves lay there. Boy, this went off the rails in a different did. direction. Davin, Davin, he sleeps at the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, I got about eleven stairs, and then I'm laying down, and then Natalie's like, "Turn the lights off," and I was like, "Yeah, give me a minute. I got to measure my heart rate," and this is a problem every night. And then I measure it, and um, it's been ruthless lately. It's like seventy-one, seventy-two resting, which. Is ugly. I think when I was fit back, I was never fit, but a couple of years ago, it would have been like 51, 52 maybe. Yeah. Uh, See, in, in my best shape, my sleeping heart rate, like overnight heart rate would get down to 51. Yeah. Like in my in my absolute best shape. And I know that that's high. Do you heart rate train? I don't heart rate train, but I do monitor particularly sleep and peak. Um so if I have a good night's sleep, I'm down about 41. Do you sleep with the uh, chest strap on? No, I I just do it with the watch, the watch which is yeah. probably okay at night. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a lot of it's movement. Not, it's not a lot of variability. Uh, the watches are so good. They're under 5% variability now. So You know, my peak used to probably be more like 184, and now I'm lucky if I can get one, probably 10 beats slower, 174 if I'm doing hill repeats on a hot 
sunny, crappy day. I don't think I've checked my... I, I hit 200 in a 5K, like, five years ago. I, I, last time I measured my max was, like, 2015 on that hot summer day. Yeah, yeah. I just barely crested 170. And that's where they say you lose it. It's not on the bottom end. It's on the top end. So your your beat volume remains good, but you just you can't push the muscle to the same. So it explains why I say, you know, I just don't quite have the zip in my legs I used to, is you lose that really, that, that final gear, that top end gear. So your endurance stays constant, which is why I think we see in ultra marathons that people in their 40s are are doing fine. They're they're the bulk of your finishers that are solid sub twenty four hour finishers. Because you find the you find the middle ground, and you're smarter in how you race and knowing yeah. how to race. But the top end, yeah, we're not the coconut cowboys who are going to go out there and hammer the things. Yeah, you know, with their heart rates going at two twenty. States that yeah. No, I'd like to envision I could, but and, yeah, and not. much to his credit, he was saying early on that I understand that I won't be able to do this for more than a couple of years and this isn't sustainable at all. But then I think we like we see that rash of when younger kids started showing up in the sport, starting with like Sage, who I think is still fairly competitive, but people burning out within a year or two as opposed to back in the day when it was like 10 to 12 years of like, yeah, you know, I like mean, Jurek. They, and, they all know that they're in it for the short term yeah. but when they're in it for the short term they're gonna blast a bunch of records give it what you can yeah well and they're all living together I, I and this may go to my argument that um to some degree i i think that you know should i win the lottery and be able to tell all of you to quit your jobs and just run with me because you know i can pay you a salary that's <laughs> superior to, pay you a salary to run. not, not, not <laughs> commensurate now first you have to play the lottery that would help yeah. well it can't it can't be commensurate to our abilities either, oh i thought you'd I win need... the western states lottery and then no no no, 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 no. i just said <laughs> in general but you know mike and i before have talked about if you could create essentially a, a running house or network and that was your total existence how could you take even mediocre runners and make them excellent. And I do think that's a lot of what you see is people that are pushing, pushing each other to greater achievements than they could ever do on their own. And they're now living together, training together, yeah. racing like together. them, Oregon, Bowerman, Mammoth, like all the yeah, major Mammoth running places. I mean, but I, when you apply that to ultra running with like the Coconino fellas, right. maybe it's just too much. Maybe it's like well, for, for human beings. Yeah. It's probably not too much for, Last year's Western States. Right, where they pushed... So the two fastest times. Right, they pushed each other to that. He's like, I knew he was hunting me. I knew he was coming because that's the kind of runner he is. Being on the record, I was thinking about the fact that Jared was pushing me. Right, and if I trained with Mike the whole time and I knew Mike was back there haunting me, I don't know how that would end up being... I think he thought that at JFK that one year, you thought I might catch you. True enough. I was nowhere fucking near you. but, But, But I guess what I would say is, I think... I think cardiopulmonary science is saying the same thing we're doing. Is this going to kill these guys? Like, should we study them? Like, are they are they going to explode or are they doing some sort of new crazy thing? Um, that's that's going to yeah, make the muscle because I mean the heart is a muscle that's making that muscle different. Well, well we know it's not a battery. Yeah. <laughs> That's but then, the like, ultra, I mean, ultra running at that level is relatively new. But, I mean, you can go back. Like, Ted Corbett ran right. 
for you know 200 mile weeks for fucking yeah ever and and if we look at the 50 mile record which was just reset that stood since 1984 or something. 84. Yeah, and he ran it with like cranberry juice and water. And sometimes when I look at those old records and how science we've become versus how simple it was, I kind of wonder, have we really advanced that much or have we taken this simplicity and over-complexified it? It's like if you go to Dick Dick's house before escarpment or any time like if you're in dick vince's house there's a giant picture on the wall of him crossing western states finish line and first time he ran it would have been 82 or something whatever it was 82 even yeah early 80s and he's got a fucking mag light in his hand and his pacer is like escorting him over the line and like man and they have you know there's no handhelds there's no like modern hydration and even within that, as much as I asked you all about gear and hydration vests. Well, that's fun to talk about. It's not necessarily necessary. I, yeah. I wonder sometimes how, and I know that I show up at race lines and I look around and I see what I would call gearheads, people that are so geared up that I wonder if they're summiting Everest or running an ultra. Or they're they former just, triathletes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like enough. used to burden and see people burn. with the trekking Sorry. poles and shit. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's running. They're, they're I know that the original reason I got into it is, number one, I ran in high school, so I knew the simplicity. But secondly, all it took was a pair of shoes and a pair of shorts. That, that's it. And there's still sort of that, that base reality that it's so simple and so pure and so easy that when we, complexify, when we make it complex, are we really just kind of getting away from its, its true origin and its purity? And I don't know, maybe. The main reason I want a vest or some fancier gear is for a 20 mile long run self-supported right yeah. to go you know. to go longer to go further right i know it's it's not an innate thing in you um, because you're like hey look the latest gear i need that yeah no the, i mean the fastest races i've run were in 2015 running handhelds and my crewing me and i could drop my handhelds and just grab another pair of handhelds right you know? was that when you made a cell phone call yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that that might See episode blah 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 blah. blah, blah. Also carrying a cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode three. Oh, okay. episode three. Um, three. It was a nice bench. So. Yeah. But yeah, the gear is fun and interesting, and it's good stuff to talk about. But I remember um, a couple years ago, Ultra Runner Magazine put their archives online. And I went back and I looked at the first Manitow's race because you, you got to go back and you got to try to find it. It's all PDFs and it's scannable. And Jim Miner's in there with like a 340 for Manitow's. Is it? No, Escarpment, a 340. Yeah. He's in there with a three fort, not Manitou's. Yeah, yeah, that would be like <laughs> that would be oh high level no. shit right was there. It, yeah, was Jim, that guy Jim. on a helicopter? <laughs> no, but he's in there, and and I mean, you're talking 1981. Yeah, like right? what was Bill's time back then? It was I mean, Bill was running. Bill, oh my dad. Yeah, my dad's on three thirty. Yeah, yeah, back and it was around that time, probably. Yeah. Was, yeah, right. And so I mean, these guys are just going out onto the mountain trail in their sneakers. Which. And they're short. I've run my fastest. I've run two escarpments. My fastest is three forty, something. But at that time, also the runners were all like running each other into oblivion. When you talk to runners at that time period, they were like, 
look, we showed up and and we tried to figure out what could make the other person bleed. Mm-hmm. Ben Metcalf from Medved, fucking Ben mm-hmm. went to SU oh, yeah. in the seventies. Yeah, ben. and uh, he would say like, I lived with runners. None of us were good, but we were running two hundred mile weeks. And because of that, we were running two thirty-five marathons, which were pedestrian at the time, because everybody that would go out and run a marathon was running. Yeah, if you ran over three hours, just don't even talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't like it is now. So none of, none we're of back us at were, that house. None like, of us were good, but we were running two hundred miles. Exactly. Yeah, he's like this. He's like this. You'd wake up and you'd go yeah. run, and then you go to school, and everybody you live with is doing it. So you just kind of fall in line and do it. But. Yeah, and I think, I think what it gets, you know, I don't know. I I keep feeling like, what gets you running? Y'all gotta leave your families behind and let's go. <laughs> yeah, I got a place. What, yeah, what gets you running? Like that's that's really it. Like if you if you can find it on a good day, can you find it on a bad day? You know, because because I think like. Or, or the question may be the day after the bad day. <laughs> so on your worst day, Dogs. can you go out the day later and say, that was bad, but I'm ready to do better? I don't know. Yesterday was 1,000 degrees in Buffalo, and I had a terrible run. I still put in 14, but it was it was terrible. I went out to do 17 plus. I, I got in 14. Um, but I went out today. My wife had a procedure this morning. But I hammered out six hard and fast, given the conditions, and I just felt like, hey, I feel great today, so, you know, dust dust yesterday off. No big deal. It's time to move on. So, I think it's less about the bad days and more about how you get over yeah. the bad days and not let that be that, that Eeyore or, you know, mm-hmm. that cloud that's going to follow you around and, and convince you not to go out again. Well, I, I think of it, given the time of the year, I think of it, um, we recently, the kids watched uh, Independence Day for the first time. And I think of Welcome it, to Earth. Yeah. That's my favorite line. I think, I think <laughs> more about, I'm the Randy Quaid of runners. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Remember me? Yeah. Like, I need, I need to, I need to uh, be able to fight the aliens on what might be my worst day. And if I and if I could do that, then I feel like I feel like I'm getting somewhere, you know. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at you entirely different from this day <laughs> out. By the way, oh uh, yeah. All right, fellas, you wanna? We'll dust this off. We'll. Uh, yeah. Good luck editing. Well, we're there's no there's no editing in this podcast. What are we at? What's that? Two. Two and a half, two and a half. Yeah, what's that? And you wondered if we could fill that memory card. Oh, well, yes. We should have done it live. Well, we're going to have a little post show. I want to talk to you guys about the podcast. If you guys. Yeah, I was going to. That's what I was about to ask you. So we might as well save it for post. Well, yeah, we'll do a little. I'll drop a little marker here. Okay. Well, hi. If you made it this far, uh, congratulations uh, and thank you. You know, making it through this proves that you you probably have the guts and the compartmentalization skills to make it through an ultra. And, uh, you know, if you happen to end up next to one of us at an ultra, it shows that uh, you'll be able to survive three hours running and listening to us. So, hooray. 
Um, if you did happen to listen to this entire episode in a single run, you know, like start the run, start the episode, finish the episode, then finish the run, uh, please do email me at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com. I'd, I'd really like to know about that accomplishment. So please don't hesitate. I want to know the story. Uh, continued thanks to the Patreon supporters. Y'all are uh, really the backbone of this operation. You know, the guests and the supporters and the listeners, that's what it really all is. So uh, if you are um, a Patreon member, a supporter, and you don't listen to the cool down, which is the after show that is only posted on Patreon, um, this might be one that you want to go uh, check out. Um, it's, uh, got an, I, I, you know what, honestly, at the point of recording this, I have not listened to the, uh, after show like playback. Uh, but I'm going to tell you it was definitely interesting. Um, so if you're a supporter, you know, check out the after show. One last thing. I'm always interested in your comments and feedback on the show, even if I don't say it every episode. So, Please drop me a line at chris at runninginsideoutpodcast.com and let me know your thoughts. I guess I didn't say you can still become a Patreon supporter and listen to the after show. There's that. And who knows, maybe the after show will go out on the main feed just because, well, after I listen to it, I'll decide that. Who knows? But I remember it. I remember it being pretty epic. Now, who knows? It could have been a lot of us sitting around just scratching ourselves talking about uh, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't really remember, but it's, it, it seemed epic to me. So I'm going to have to listen back. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and telling your friends. Thanks for sharing your stories and getting out there to create more stories. Until next episode, be thankful for what you've been given, be proud of what you've achieved, and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.